Hey guys, uh, this is John with VP Precision. We're back. Uh, my buddy Ben and I are in a Chevy driving down from uh, northern BC headed home. So this is going to be episode 9.75. Look at that buck. Oh, we're dri- <laughs> driving by. We didn't stage this, but just driving by a nice velvet four-point on the side of the road. <laughs> First animal we've seen in like six hours. So we've got like a 14-hour drive today. Anyway, that was random. Um Right on the side of the road. Um, anyway, episode 9.75 or 9 and 3 quarter because we can't do 10 because that's when we're doing our Trigger Tech giveaway. So, guys, keep uh, uh, tagging your buddies, tagging Trigger Tech, and liking, sharing our page if you would. And we're going to pick out, we got a handful of those triggers to give away. So, um, we'll do, Jake and I will get back in the swing of things as soon as I get back. I barely talked to him. I was able to text a little bit with my inReach. My satellite um, allows you to text from when you're when there's no cell service. So t- stay in touch with him just a tiny bit. I haven't talked to him yet, so I've been out of the loop. I talked to my wife a little bit, but just kind of getting caught up on life. We each got piles of text messages and voicemails and everything, catching up with work and everything. So... Um, uh, what what'd you say? You were looking at your calendar? So, yeah, we were. Uh, this is a 17-day trip. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be a lot shorter than this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we just counted off the days here since we were on this road traveling north. It's been 17 days. Yeah. Um, we should be home back to Bellingham here midnight or 1 a.m. So, yep. yeah, 17 days gone um, out of reach from basically everybody um, aside from an in-reach yeah. texting device. So. And then to date, that's been, um, we, we started this once and I cut it off. We had to, had to uh, check something real quick. But anyway, we were talking about um, uh, the previous longest hunt was in the Northwest Territories was, I think, was 15. 15 days, yep, up there. Uh, and the difference there was this was single species, uh, you know, looking for rams, and that was multiple. So it was a long hunt, but it felt a lot different. Uh, we were bouncing around looking for, you know, a, a bunch of different animals and, and having good luck. And the, the, the difference in, Brit, in uh, British Columbia, you're not, there's absolutely zero use of helicopters or anything for hunting. So you can fly in in a fixed wing. Um, and then it's all backpack and horseback. So it's a, it's an awesome experience. It's definitely hard in the territories, the Northwest territories, they've allowed, uh, the use of helicopters. So you can, obviously you can land a helicopter a lot more places than you can a fixed wing. So you can, you're able to move, you know, we're up in sheep country and you hunt in sheep country and do that. And then you can, you know, pick up and go straight to, you can land in a swamp. You don't have to have a runway in a swamp and you can go hunt moose or, you know, land in, on a, on just a, a short little anywhere with a chopper and, and get to caribou country or whatever. So we were able to move around a lot easier versus this where it's all horses and you're, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we were, <laughs> was <laughs> this was a very old school hunt. This is, this was an extremely old school style, um, a string of pack horses, Yep. Once we landed um, in a, I think we flew in in a 1951 De Havilland Beaver plane. Yep. Um, super, super cool old vintage yeah. setup. Still gets used on, it looks like on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but from there, it was uh, yeah, all, let's all just, pack horses. Let's just take them through it. So 17 days ago, we were recording with you guys four, five, six hours later that night. Um, we got to a little town and we're going to. Uh, just in all of this, uh, as a disclaimer, be, as we're going to be va- we're not going to say the name of the outfit or anything or the towns, just because uh, the dynamic of resident pressure and hunting, and it's it's kind of a weird uh, a, a weird thing. Um, but these outfitter areas um, can get run over by residents. It's 
it's a weird dynamic. I'm not going to explain it. If you understand it, you understand it. So we're not going to be real specific on towns. Anyway, five, six hours till we got to the town we stayed in, um, met up with um, the outfitter the next morning, got tags, grabbed breakfast from there, a handful of hours further north to the airstrip. So just a cutwood strip, you know, logged out in the, you know, in the woods strip where this old, this cool old plane flew in, flew out to camp. It wasn't, how long of a flight was it? It was like 35, 40, yeah, probably 35 minutes, if that. Yeah, it's it not, it wasn't bad. Just a, a flight out to this, you know, obviously just a rough, a, a rough airstrip. Um, we flew out with, uh, with uh, one of our guides, a great guy, um, and met another one in camp. And the days, honestly, we sat down and we were kind of, what well, we were kind of going to try, we're kind of, we're trying to decide what to figure out how to talk through this, but we were like, screw it. We're just start it and talk. Um, all the days have blended together. There's definitely some days that stick out, but yeah, what, it's a little blurry still at this point. I mean, we're, we're not even home yet, but we wanted yeah. to get this, this, uh, broadcast out to you guys. Um, yeah. cause we've talked to a handful of, of you guys that have, that have chirped back to us and wanted to get, uh, kind of an update. Yeah. Um, so what was, what was the, I, I what the net for the so first day kind of roughly we're gonna skip days and add and mix stuff around but it was get a pile of horses. Yeah, um, I flew into camp and and they got everybody all loaded up, saddled up, and I can't remember if we headed out that same day or the the following day. I think we might have spent one night at base yeah, camp. Yeah, one night in base camp, we which is some a, rustic cabins on on a on a on a river. Yeah, just kind of your your standard, you know old school hunting lodge or hunting camp not a lodge, uh, not a lodge but like a, yeah definitely like old school cabins that were probably put up in the what 60s 50s 60s and 70s yeah, it looked like probably early and then maintained with glue and duct tape since then yeah um they were fine comfy had a little wood stove they were waterproof as far as i could tell so it was it was it was great um so the next day we it was uh pack boxes on the horses and a string we we were a little horse light for a couple reasons we had i think did we go in with eight i think we went in with seven or eight horses seven or eight horses with four guys so ben and i and then the, the, the two guides so uh, we had ben and i had a pack box we threw in some of the heavier stuff and then and then rode the rest of our stuff just backpacks on the horses and we rode uh how we only had one river crossing on that um on that pack and it was how long was that i'm trying to think on the first one was i don't know what was that five six hours yeah i think it was i think it was somewhere in that that five six hour better, range better part of the day on horses and keep in mind this it's been wet up in you know up in bc it's been a really wet season so everything is really green still yep. loads and loads of rain and yep. so the rivers were they're a little um, high <laughs> they were a good bit high and i mean to the point where the guys that were at camp um they were marking the water elevation on the river with with stakes um each day watching it come up yeah come so, up and down it fluctuates super quickly like when it rains it just it just bolts up and and and, and also drains out pretty quickly it's really interesting that how much it fluctuates it's like it's like tide water but nowhere near the ocean um so we will probably get we'll get into some more river crossings down the road this podcast might be long so bear with us but um get to we ride and for me, the worst part of that is I have not been on a horse in I don't know how long, and I th- think Ben I can speak for Ben too. With uh, your butt hurts on the saddle a little bit, obviously, but more, way more than that is your knees, and I don't know what it is, but 
um, when you're hours and hours and hours and hours, it just it, something to, does something to your knees. But <laughs> it was it was fun. We covered some ground. We had a, they packed the weight, so that was cool. Got into camp that night. It was it was a that was a dry it was a dry pack in right. I think that, I think no, it, it rained a little bit. Never mind. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about going in. Um, but yeah, you're not used to. You know, I know I was working out a little bit extra, doing some hikes with with loaded packs before this trip, just trying to be tuned mm-hmm. up. And then the abuse that you get from the horses knocks so much of that back just because you've got different muscles that are all sore. And Yeah, it is. It is weird. It, you, it you takes think, you a notch back. You think you're sore. You wake up the next morning, and you think you're sore, but then you start hiking, and you're good once you kind of get going. But it's a... Uh, uh, yeah, it's all it's all weird muscles. So it did rain. I remember wearing rain gear. Let's uh, quickly. What rain gear was an absolute lifesaver? Like I, I I was very happy with mine. You were happy with yours. Yeah, I, I think was, we'll, I was stoked with mine. We'll bounce in and out of the gear. We've got some gear questions. I got some texts. I got some messages. I got some Instagram comments. So we'll kind of bounce in and out of um, of gear more specifically later. But right now, rain gear. You what did you run? The, I was running the Kuyu. I don't even know the name of it. I think it was a Yukon. Something like that. It's a couple years old. Have never had a chance to really put it to the test. And uh, this trip absolutely did. I wore them every, uh, pretty much every day. Every I, day. I don't know if there was a day that we didn't wear rain gear at some point, even if it was yep. just for an hour or two. Sometimes it was the entire day. Yeah, there was a lot of days where it was all day long, especially even as a, it wasn't, if it maybe it only rained half the day, you still have it on as a, as a, as a layer to block, keep some more heat into. So, but, um, yeah, I had the, the Sitka storm front gear, which I was, I was thrilled with. Um, it was light. It didn't, even after days and days and days of rain and fog and cold, it didn't, it didn't seem like it absorbed and gained weight in the fabric. It's it was real, it was thin, but it's super tough. I had some, we were, I don't know, five, six, seven days in, I was, we were going up this, we go up this hill, and I this horse was climbing this. It was nasty, and it slipped, and it rammed my knee into this tree really hard. And uh, this kind of this broken off stob where the branch was just center punched my knee, and I thought for sure it would have ruined the rain gear. And it to, it just it took it like a champ. So I was really impressed with the durability of just busting through willows and brush the whole time, hiking, horse riding, and 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 keeping dry. And so. The Kuyu Yukon, the Sitka Stormfront, that stuff shined really good. And then another thing on the Rangier side, uh, not necessarily Rangier, but the Gators, we all of us had the same. I think everybody had like ran everybody, those, yeah. those OR croc, uh, Crocodile um, from OR, those Gators. Absolute lifesaver. Keeps Really keeps um, a lot of water out from wicking up your pants. And, and it just those things are absolute lifesaver in mountain, in mountain hunts like that. Well, a ton of hunts where, you know, stuff's wet or, or brush. So anyway, um, back to um, uh, riding in was uh, rain gear. It was off and on rain, not bad, you know, taking horses up. And I, and I have been on horses, so for me it was learning a lot about, you know, not falling off and riding horses and we had some rodeos and, and all that stuff when they're slipping and falling and it's definitely a mixed bag <laughs> of horses too and this i think i think we were the first hunters in for the year yep so these horses were a little bit soft um they eventually kind of came around with use but yeah going going the first couple of days was there was uh not terrible but but just kind of working through what worked with the horses and didn't um, yeah they were sore and Mine got, I got a real bad, mine, mine got a real bad cut, was bleeding everywhere as so we rested him for a couple of days and just rotated horses. But, um, so get into camp. Camp is, uh, a location, not a, 
set of buildings or anything. Yeah, it's just camp a, is a flat old, some, where we some can other keep horses. Old camp where there's you know tie post and yep. where somebody hung a tarp basically. Yeah, so we pull up a tarp, um, a blue tarp. Got you know some cooked stuffs up, which was nice. We could bring a little bigger you know propane stove and have some pretty decent food um, in that base camp. Set up our tents there, and from there, for a handful of days, what was what was the routine that you remember? The you remember like day so that first. So I don't know if we can call that. We got base camp, and then we got the first spike camp that we spiked out of. Um, but that was not the end camp. But so we ran out of that camp for I think four days. No, I think longer than that, four or five. But well, you know, because then we stayed up on top. Yeah, four days back and forth and in. Yeah, every we came night. in and out of that camp. So you're probably a two and a half hour horse ride up as high as you could get elevation wise um, every morning you know, every morning yep and so you got rain gear on pushing through making the, trails and yeah and i mean you're, you're kind of bushwhacking this this unit was not well maintained at all um normally a lot of good you know really solid outfits they'll have all the trails maintained it's all kind of tuned up not the case here um at yeah. all there had been no maintenance done for the axes, a good number the, of the years the axes got to work out we packed a chainsaw like kind of kind of hilarious and and making her happen which was in some ways i liked it because you you know well this is kind of cool no one's been in here so i I definitely like that the other half is you can wonder who you should invoice yeah (laughs) so um the um the uh uh, yeah first day a couple hours and then you get in and then you climb and you just you tie the horses up and you climb and you climb and you climb and you climb and you get up on top and uh, this goes from just to kind of give you guys an idea. We're talking like we're starting out in the river bottoms and the heavy timber, and as you you know get up and out of that, eventually it opens up into just kind of this short scrub brush or willows, mm-hmm. and then you get above timber line where it's up there. At this point, it was all just rolling green, um, a lot of exposed rock, but a ton in this area was a ton of rolling green, and it's just kind of your ideal picturesque sheep country that you imagine yeah it might have i i think it's probably if not the most at least the top two it's got to be the most beautiful place i've ever been as far as especially variety of terrain on the different areas we ended up but um yeah you get up above the willows which are nasty because your brush those can be you know three feet to eight feet tall and you're just putting when they were wet you're pushing through them anyway you push through those you get up into the the short stuff which is heather and just real short growing absolutely beautiful um you know and it's just a pole and it's not it's not it's not terrible climbing a lot of this wasn't it was uh we got into rock later in the hunt that got pretty steep and well, I guess more rugged or whatever, but this was just 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 good solid burning legs and and I'm you know I told Ben earlier like I've relied a lot. I have a pretty physical job. I've relied a lot of that. I'm being you know if I'm working my job, I can roll into a hunt and and be fine and and usually out hike you know a lot of guys. And this I did I did fine, but I was definitely moving slow. Like I didn't I I felt like it was a this is the first time where I was like, I'm going to have to work harder next time because I would have liked to have been in a little better shape. And, again, we, we got everywhere totally fine. It was just it hurt a little bit more than I was. It yeah. hurt a lot. Like, yep. uh, definitely was uh, was pushing. But it was good. It's it's a it's a whatever. For it, me on this trip, I had, to sl- I had to slow down a little bit in order to to hike, you know, carefully and pack the load that I was packing, which was not 
real mm-hmm. heavy. I, I intentionally packed light, mm-hmm. um, and I focused really. Re- I didn't know what we were getting into. I didn't realize we were going to have this much horse use. Yeah. And uh, so I packed everything extremely light, even to a little bit of a disadvantage. But um, I did, you know, going up and down the hills and even side hill, I've, I noticed this time I was going slower intentionally, kind of holding myself back, mm-hmm. also not knowing if this was going to be a two-day show yeah. or a two-week show. Yeah. Ended up being the latter. No, you kept a, you did keep a really, a really good pace just all the time, whether we were walking empty or walking, you know, walking with heavy packs or whatever. It was just, it was steady. So I guess we'll, like I said, bounce around on gear. You said you packed light to maybe to a detriment at some point. Is there anything that sticks out in your head on that? Yeah, or? my tent for sure. I went with, a, I don't know what model it is, but it's a, it's about a 1.7 pound big Agnes tent that I've packed around on a couple trips over the years. Um, that one was great. Doesn't, you know, didn't weigh anything, but in this wet of conditions where it really did, um, it, it rained throughout the, the first week severely. I mean, it really, yep. really rained. Uh, we had a couple nights that were a full on <laughs> monsoon and then we had just scattered, scattered rain throughout, but that tent hung in, um, Mm-hmm. But barely, barely. I mean, we did some really zipper barely. replacement. Yeah. We did some, uh, some. We were careful with it. Yeah, that was. I guess I think we'll just weave the gear into this, and we'll 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 do specific. But I, I, kind of the, my same thought is, um, I ran a, I ran a Hilleberg uh, Enon, which is a one man tent with a, a, a decent sized vestibule. It's very. I think it's just under three pounds. I'd have to double check, but it's a really really good tent. The difference, the difference is this time I ran a down bag to save weight, which I, I really did like. I loved it. It was a, it was actually an, an REI bag, which I got a ton of good reviews. It was a 15 degree down bag that was a, it's called the Magma. Anyway, it ended up being an awesome bag. I loved it. But when you're stuck in a tent for a long time and it's raining, there's condensation. Obviously, everything's wet. The ground's wet. The air's wet. The sky is wet. You're wet. Everything's wet. And, um, you know, getting into bed with, uh, there was a handful of nights where I got into bed with wet socks and, you know, you're wanting to dry them out for the morning. The only way they'll dry out is if you wear them. And I like to do that in synthetic bags better, but you didn't have an option. So the, the small tent brushing up against the sides when you're sleeping, the outside of your tent get, or your sleeping bag gets wet. If you do that days and days, you know, I'm not sure exactly what to do. There's a discussion of maybe throwing a bivy in or you know, throw your sleeping bag in a bivy. That's also a little bit of condensation issue there. There's, um, I think ultimately what I would have done is brought a little, a little bit bigger tent. I would have carried another couple pounds and brought, I've got a different Hilleberg. It's a, oh, I can't remember the Nalo, Nalo GT2, I think is what it's called, but it's a two person tent. You've got plenty of room. You don't touch the walls. You've got headroom you can set up in. I couldn't, I couldn't set up in this tent without hitting my head on the ceiling. So every time I set up, my head was wet. My hat was wet. My back, my neck, it would drip. So all of that was um, a consideration, too, where we cut, we cut a lot. We tried to cut a lot of weight, and I'm glad we did, but it's a consideration. Um, anyway, so back to uh, day, let's see, day one. Did we or it's actually like probably day four by now, but, um, we, did we see that band? We saw a band of Rams pretty early on. Yeah. Right there on the first, when we got up the first actual day of, you know, getting into sheep country, we got onto a band of, I don't know, was up there eight, eight or nine. I think it was 11. It was a, 
pretty was, decent it band. Was of, it was a good group of younger, of nice younger Rams up in this, you know, incredible looking country where you would expect them to be. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was pretty cool. See that right off the bat, you're in the right spot. You're actually yep. seeing Rams. Um, yeah, I get some blood pumping. And there was, there were some, there was a legal Ram. There was, I think there was a couple legal Rams. There was a kind of a funky broken horn one that. It would be nice if somebody shot, but yeah, not, <laughs> it's not something that we were interested in. And then there was another round that was pretty wide. Uh, it was a decent round. We just wasn't. It was day one. It wasn't what we were there for. It, it didn't yeah, it was, really yeah, see like a good, looking back. Good bit. Off, good bit. Yeah, outside of that. Yeah, we. Lo- I looked at some pictures today, and I was like, "Oh, it looks like a pretty good round." But at the beginning, it's not even. It wasn't something that either one of us even. And and the guides too. The guides, you know. The, the guys the guy that found him he's awesome dude and and um uh it wasn't something that jumped out at those guys either so it wasn't it, it didn't even seem like an option um but it was cool we saw those rams um that was a pretty good climb that was talk about talk about we're heading up that with back of the gun and everything that was day oh, one. Oh yeah so that was day one so at this point i'm loaded down with the LRKM, which is our, you know, our long-reaching cannon that, you know, Big it's 338. Of, it's 338 with, you know, it's basically like a 300-grain insurance policy. Yep. And it's just, it literally has has just done some amazing stuff for us on a lot of these trips, despite the weight. It's amazing. I it's, probably made it a little over a third up the mountain with that and my 95-millimeter spotter. Yep. And no joke just set everything down just said now i'm you know I'll, I'll hike up here with binos or or nothing i can't yep. remember what i took but just left it just set it off the ridge right there and just we're going to come back and pick it up um and that was on day one and yep. i think that was the only time that the heavy rifle came out yeah on the whole trip and so we've been able to carry that gun on a lot of hunts and we've taken it on some tough hunts um it just this time i had that lightweight 6.5 and obviously if we didn't have any other guns that gun would be everywhere with us but we had this lightweight option i was pretty confident in it um you know I, my buddy a really good friend spun it up for me uh joe walls is obviously uh, i shoot exodus and, and comps and everything and he's more than willing to but we got a good friend too that joe knows and uh good buddy brian and he uh he spun an absolute hammer up for me and so i was pretty confident in that gun and so it was it's the one we've been talking about carbon everything and you know lighter weight so i had that and so you know we're rolling up to the top and it's we didn't need to have two guns up there that morning so um, so that was kind of the first, like, okay, well, that kind of cha- starting to change our plans. We're kind of getting an idea because we didn't really know. I didn't have a really – some hunts you go on, you know exactly what to expect. You know exactly the plan, exactly what you're doing. And I didn't know on this one. I was like, are we – I didn't know if we were going to float plane in and backpack straight from the plane. I didn't know if we were going to ride a four-wheeler into a certain area and then go, and then horse I, – I just didn't know. And so now we're starting to get a pretty good picture of, okay – taking the gun on the horse is no problem um but when you're pulling these climbs and the thing about so we didn't have a a wrangler a wrangler so you tie up the horses at the bottom right well you can't just leave them there for four days um either they'll tie themselves in knots they will can't eat they you know or a grizzly's gonna eat them or something um which we saw a grizzly that day too that was that that's right yeah going up there saw a big old big old grizzly um and uh, so you you got to go do do the whole climb up, um, you know, glass climb all the way down and jump on the horse and ride back instead of um, 
you know, been able to leave them and 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 take S- off from stay there. On the ridge tops, stay on yeah. the ridge tops where you're not gaining and you know climbing and going up and down all day every day. And so that so that was day one. Kind of learned okay, maybe not maybe not packing the 16 pound gun for now. Um, we'll take the light one and kind of see how that shakes out. And then um, okay, so from day one we looked, we saw these rams. Okay, we looked way across. I don't know how many miles you think that was. Boy, I can't remember a ways. To yeah, it was it was miles five. I'd I'd say it was at least five six miles, um, opposite direction. We saw some rams up on a up on a hill. The light was good at our back, and we could you see a long ways. We you couldn't tell how big they were. You just knew they you were. Could just see, you just see their horns. Some rams with some nice headgear from you know in the in the sunlight. It was yep. yeah, it was impressive. Like all of us just kind of stopped. We're like, whoa, clear over there, and how do we get there? <laughs> and that's when it starts to get overwhelming. Like, okay, this is. You know, this is some big country, and um, it was eight. Uh, it was eight ridges away is where we saw those from where we were at the first night. Yeah, and be and be watching. Like, uh, I I'll be getting pictures up here, um, hopefully in the next few days. But just driving, I just was I pulled my memory card through it in the in the computer. In the last, we've been driving for eight hours or something. The last. Um, handful of hours just making some calls and flipping through pictures so i'm gonna have a bunch of pictures you guys you guys will see what we're talking about um some more deer and uh it's it's 7 45 in the evening right now so we'll probably start seeing more animals here um so you'll see what we're talking about but yeah it's a big it's big country and so back to camp uh do you remember the next day? I just remember those, that we did four four trips up and, and back, kind of repeating the same scenario. But we had to, you know, hike all the way up, glass for the better part of the day, come down probably a solid three hours before dark, which was kind of a bummer. Yep. But we couldn't leave the horses because there was not an extra person there that should have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. we're kind of just juggling, you know, trying to hunt, trying to maintain the horses. And so for four days... That's where we focused, but in that, you know, we kind of started picking up another group of rams, eight, you know, eight ridges over from where mm-hmm. we were at. But there was still a handful of places for us to work on before we moved. Yeah. And so we spent those um, those next three days more or less kind of zigzagging. We'd hit one spot and, and then come back and, and do the other the next day and kind of just ricocheted back and forth there for those first four. Yeah. So for me... Those days, and some of the stuff Ben and I talked about, some of it we haven't, those days for me got really stressful because, because of, right, do you want to dive into it? So, so what I'm saying is, I guess we could talk about the outfit a little bit. Uh, we had some expectations, and in that first day or two, we realized, you know, as much... Ben does a ton of research. We talked to a lot of people. We we knew some of the things that were gonna, the potential issues, and then some of the other things that we weren't aware of. Despite knowing a lot about what we were getting into, and for me it was stressful because I knew the original plan was not happening. Yeah, and I knew Ben wasn't happy about it. Yeah, it was one of those deals where we'd you know we'd kind of been given an outline of what we were going to do, where we're going to be doing it for two years. Yeah, this is a two year you know two year plan that we've been working on with this this particular outfit. Um, and first couple of days, you realize that that whole idea is is tossed. And there was some other dynamics we're not even going to get into that 
added there were some crazy layers that you can't even you there's no way you could expect yeah there were some pretty wild twists and turns that were going on outside of just us trying to hunt within our guides the outfitter yeah um you know and we're trying to stay focused on the hunt and yeah i'd say one or two of our guys were staying pretty focused but there was definitely some some, some distractions. distractions and challenges going on. And they they were pretty upfront and just saying, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't add to the story. Us, like us not telling you doesn't change anything. It's just, it's a dynamic that changed some of the attitude there. Is, so I don't, you're not, you're, missing, you're not missing anything by us not telling you what it was. It's just some goofy, just some stuff. So for me, those days got really... Um, it felt a little heavy. You could just tell yeah. it was just like kind of a heaviness in the air because you knew the homework that you would just, you know, put all that time into was just out the window. And it was basically like we were hunting a clean slate of uncharted space, you know, mountains. Yeah. We were just like, well, we're just making this up. Which, um, which is which is super fun in one way, but not when you had. So me earlier when I said I, we, I didn't know how we were going to hunt or what, I knew we knew an area and we knew of some rams. And that was the general idea. It's like, well, sweet, we'll go, we'll go straight there. And there was one ram in particular that uh, supposedly has been and scouted and seen. And we were going to go to that area and we were going to work on that area for Ben and get really focused on getting that. And then we we're going to, and then we could make up uh, my hunt. And 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 it, either there'd be a ram with that band or we'll figure it out. And that was that's what was in my head. And now I know that's not happening. And so I'm getting stressed because, you know, uh, just work, work stuff at home, it, it, the motions, the heaviness, like Ben said, it just, it was getting weird. So I was like, okay, this is, what are we dealing with this? What, yeah, and this is what, day six? I think it's about day it's, six it's, right now that, that we're on since we've actually been there. Um, yeah, and a couple and we days were, in, you're starting to get some hints. You're like, okay, this... Yeah, and the and the entire time the outfitter has told us over and over and over longest hunt ever, six days, and we just blew right through the first six days, and um, it appears that we have a lot longer to go. Yeah, um, it'd be nice. It would, ideally, if we could have stayed up there about six weeks, we probably would have done pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and been and been unemployed and divorced and everything else. Right. So, so that's that's what's going on with me. Um, I think the, I think the mood turned. So, so we're going up and down, up and down, up and down. We get, um, we get a messenger, a, a message. So luckily we're able to somewhat, we, we can't message the outfitter, um, but we can message a group of guys we're getting to know. We, we I get, the, I get the pilot's number that flew us in. I get another guy who ended up being a wrangler. You know, we're staying in touch with a group, a group of people. So that's working really well. We get a message. Uh, from the Wrangler that he's going to find some horses and try to get to us, which is a 10-hour ride from his camp to our base camp and then a six-hour ride to us. So you can't, you can't go 16. you got to rest the horses. So he goes big one day, leaves late the next day, and we, I give him the coordinates of the camp on an enrich message, and then the guides give him some just some old school directions left by this stump, right by this creek, you know, over this the top. Is, this is a place he's never been. Yeah. yeah over he's the never, top by never the been there. big rock. And it's miles over these mountain passes and, and it's interesting. So we're not sure if he's going to show up. We get down to camp. 
Well, that was the night that the the one the one guy horse got hurt and had to walk. He walked, finished walking the way in, and walked all the way out. And we let his horse out because his horse was down. And so we get back to camp, and our the Wrangler guys there with three or four fresh horses and some more food, which was was that that was right after my wreck. Um, on day two or day three, I think it must have been day three. Um, I yeah. was second in line on riding horseback, and I think we were coming back to camp and yep. had to go up a pretty steep shot. And at this point, Real the horses steep. are starting to do pretty good. They're kind of getting, everyone's getting settled in and after a few days on the trail. And um, we should have walked the horses up this this stretch that was, mm-hmm. I was probably 25 feet, you know, up vertical. And it was a, it was a pretty, pretty quick incline going up. Anyway, the horse in front of me stopped that the lead guide was riding. It stopped and my horse came right up into it. And basically everybody went, over backwards. Over backwards and folded up. And um, I, I was, was right able behind to, Ben. And <laughs> I, I don't sketchy. know exactly what happened, but I was, I was prepared for, you know, an issue on this because it's the worst part of the trail that we've been on in, you know, four or five days. Yeah. And um, I was able to kick, a, you know, kick my feet out of the stirrups, jump to the high side, but it, I, we were, it was so steep that I landed right underneath where the horse was. The horse comes down. Yeah. Um, All I remember is putting my arms up and, and holding the horse up off of me, but maybe it's different from what you saw no it's kind of what i saw he slipped off the kind of the bat got his legs he got off of there a lot quicker than i'd been getting off my boots kept getting hung up in the stirrups and uh he got off there quick and his arms were up horse was kind of falling i don't know down he's got his hands pushing it off of him it was it happened quick the guy above him his horse was rearing back and was spinning around and and he was able to grab like there was a, a like a four inch pine and he got a hold of that and it kind of held was able to kind of hold his horse in this awkward position up there i think the horse would have wheeled around and actually probably stepped on ben just unwillingly just as it was falling kind of turn and fall and so it, it ended up being very good except your horse got hurt yeah there was a about a three or four inch evergreen stump that was cut off at about two and a half feet and it, this all happened right over the top of that and i knew that somebody was coming down on it yeah and um it ended up the the horse caught the inside of his leg on it and got barked up pretty good to where it wasn't it wasn't doing too well for the next it took what, two, three, three it days, took two or, or three so. days off. Yeah, we were rot- <laughs> we were rotating out of horses. The horse I rode in was great, but it was like I said, it was cut, so it took off three days. So now we're down that horse. We're down another horse. There was another one that got. I'm not sure what happened, but it was pretty stove up that next day. Um, you know, getting them. You know, we were resting them and graining them and taking good care of them. They were feeding good, and they were they just needed some time. They were they were maybe a little out of shape just being the first hunt of the year, and they like Ben said by the end they were. They're pretty tuned up outside of attitudes every once in a while, but they were starting to do pretty good. But yeah, so that luckily that could have been that nothing. Ha- I mean, the horse got hurt. It's fine now. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just bruised up and it scraped got, up. It could have got. But you're like, whoa! And then you're, you're like, oh, kind of way in here. There was a another outfitter. Uh, this is at the end of the deal. We we're heading out, and the other outfitter was like, he had a hunter in there and stepped two days into his hunt, stepped wrong and shattered his ankle. And like day two, day two, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like. You're like you're kind of you're kind of yeah. thinking you're like man if I jump wrong or step wrong or, or a horse kicks me or something like kind of ends a big a big hunt and so you start I, I was thinking about that lines a little bit like okay be just be extra careful don't do something dumb and um, 
Okay, so so we get back. He's got we're we're bouncing around, but we're keeping pretty good order here. Um, he's got horses. So at that point, we had gone the day before that. We had gone where we had saw those rams five six miles away. We had gone up to this bottom of this basin, tied up horses, made a pretty good pull up to the top of a mountain, and we were able to get eyes on. Um, well, that low slung broomed off ram, yeah. we, we thought we, were, we couldn't get close. There was a giant drainage between us, and we didn't have – so we needed food in our tents and everything to cross the drainage and camp up on the other side. You couldn't do it in a day. It was, it was too much. And so we're like, well, we'd like to go over there because that looks like an absolute shooter for sure, um, but we can't until Wrangler goes. So Wrangler shows up, so that's our plan. So now we're gathering. Okay, what do we got? We're laying out the mountain house. Okay, we got this much dehydrated food. We pack all our tents up, pack all our gear up. Um, so we are able to get back to that spot. Wrangler takes us up, drops us off. And then from there we backpack. He takes horses back to camp. We're in touch with him on the inReach. This is when it starts to get, for me, this is when he rolls in and we come up with a plan. For me, that's when the morale changed a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely did. Just, and well, back up one, one click. Yeah. Between those first four days and the horses coming in, we get hammered with, an absolute monsoon. Yeah. Um, and you, you're just thinking, you know, is, is this, you know, can we even maintain like this? If we get this wet, are we able to, you know, we're going to get dry. Yeah, you can't out. dry anything out. We're just under, there's a blue tarp. There's no fire. There's, you know, it's, it's just wet. And it that was, was where my concern really, with down bag and tent. Yeah, and, all and that. I was in the same situation. I'm running a, uh, Ben's tent was leaking. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of touch and go. I was like, well, I'm, I've got a down sleeping bag, and uh, knowing that it cannot get wet, I was a little bit stressed, thinking i got to keep this thing yeah. absolutely as dry as possible. The weather did have, throughout the whole time, the weather did have some, you know, some breaks where you could get some stuff dried out here and there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, Continuous. It wasn't solid rain. Yeah, it would just pour and be wet and foggy. But then you'd get a sun break. And it was at, it's, it's August we're talking. So it still got, you know, we got up. Probably the warmest was the 70s was the warmest. But it would get up into 55 or 60 and be sunny. Like, okay, get some stuff out in the sun and dry it out. Another a quick uh, gear aside, um, Ben ripped his tent. There's this, this tape called Tenacious Tape. It's awesome to have in your pack for patching a down coat, a sleeping bag. Um, tents, it sticks like ridiculous. I patched my tent, Ben, we patched a hole in Ben's tent. It's awesome for everything. So that's called tenacious tape. Throw some in your pack. It works awesome for a lot of stuff. Anyway. So um, we'll, we'll, let's jump back up to, you know, we get through the weather yep. to some extent. And then, so we're, I don't know what this is, day probably six. I can't six. remember. Yeah, somewhere in there. Day yep. six or day seven, we get up, we've got the Wrangler, we've got the horses, and we actually ride all the way up into onto the top. We got up into a low saddle to where it gets us up onto a ridge. And we're just thinking, okay, you know, yeah. and, we, and we've climbed this ridge the day before. Yep. And for me, that was... It was a steep pull. That we was went a this pretty super heavy long way, pull. Yeah, we went this really long way around, but we were able to, you know, to, to walk the horses up or ride the horses up um, this long ridge, which was cool. Like, horses... Definitely have mixed feelings. They're 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 like an I don't know I don't want to say necessary evil. They're super useful. I just they are a lot of work they're sometimes of work. and yep. and man they're uncomfortable. I uh, some of the rides I just get off and walk. You walk the same speed as they walk. It's just 
you know, your knees get so beat up. But in that case, like it's the uh, man that when you need them there, they are awesome. So, but, um, yeah, so we were able to walk up to that, um, right up. We rode yeah, up right to up. that spot yep. and that's kind of where morale changed. That's what you're talking about. So yep. let's kind of go from there, but it did morale picked up. We knew that there was big Rams that we had seen or what looked like big Rams from, mm-hmm. you know, eight ridges over. We're looking at this, this spot, you know, nights before. Yep. And knowing that we, you know, we closed the gap, got all the way up within. We were a couple two. thousand yards. The across the way we were, what was the closest we saw that ram? I think was seventeen hundred. Um, so about a mile across this this big valley. And so at that point we're still like, okay, he's good. And we had seen one other one that we just barely caught a glimpse at down the ridge. And um, light was bad. Wind was kind of blowing, shaking when we looked at him. And we're like, okay, we'll keep working up the ridge because we kind of had this other ram in mind. So we had seen this, this, this one ram down lower on the ridge further away. He was probably 2,400 yards or so. Um, and so we see this kind of this heavy, low-slung ram broomed off that, we're, that is kind of in our minds. Yeah, um, we know there's something there. So we're motivated. And, you know, despite the weather and you know, everybody's hurting from horseback. Everybody's hurting from doing the, doing the elevation that we've been doing. We're at 7,000 feet is where we're, you know, kind of topped out at in this mountain range. Which is well above tree line in that area. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the, the average uh, of the peaks around there was, was right at seven or just a smidge under. Yep. yep. So tell, walk through that day. It's just, it's get to the top, grab the gear, um, I can't remember. We well, went, we got up to that top and set up. up. Yeah, we went up and over the ridge, dropped down the valley, came up the other side, and we got over there a few hours before dark. There was a little ram we bumped, came right through where we ended up setting up. I've got some cool pictures of that. You guys will see. It'll be it'll be tense on this little this little flat with you know big mountains in the background or like those green hills, but they're they're steep when you got to go up and down them. Um, so you'll see those pictures. Uh, that's where we spent night five or six or something. Um, and no, we, that was like seven. Seven. It was night okay. seven, and then I don't um, remember. It. I can't keep track. <laughs> at this point, we're glassing around a good bit, and there's there's mm-hmm. definitely sheep up there. We've mm-hmm. got a couple groups of rams. There's a handful of strays, just kind of bouncing around. But there was what two two fairly decent groups of yeah. rams that we you know that we knew of, and you got to be careful not to push out you know you're on the same ridge with them so you don't want to push out one band trying to get a look at the second one so you're kind of at the mercy of what they'll let you do as far as getting through them yeah so we're stuck we're we get up to the crest of the ridge there's that little ram that was what he walked by at like 50 yards yeah. i mean he was he popped up right we're like okay shoot and he went he went the right way away from the other rams we're like, okay he's fine but there was between the point we wanted to get to there was a band of rams and you like so it just holds you up like well apparently we're spending the night here because we're not we can't go blow through those rams so uh that was one of the craziest camping spots i've ever been we set up tents nice weather clear that night was not <laughs> that was an interesting interesting <laughs> was, night it was it you'll, you guys will see photos of that too it's, yeah. it's john's got some amazing shots from that um it was pretty exposed it the weather it wasn't it could have been a lot worse there wasn't a ton of lightning but there was some and it was just a little eerie being where we were with lightning yeah <laughs> and the wind the cool. wind was i was holding i was i, I looked at my clock it was two in the morning and i'm holding my 
I didn't know what the tent could withstand, and I didn't. When I know I'm going to be really nasty, I'll really stake out those guy lines with heavy rocks. I won't just rely on the stakes. I'll get some big rocks. Well, there's no big rocks up there. It's just skinny shale. So I made piles of little shale, which is I don't know if it's it's not useless, but it's not what I would prefer. And you couldn't drive the stakes in some of the spots because of the shale. So. I'm kind of holding my arms out against the tent, tent walls. I hope it, like, just want it to stay put. I know I'm not going to blow off the mountain because I'm inside of it, but I don't want it to collapse because it's raining pretty good. And and I just I didn't sleep much. I didn't figure anybody else will sleep. We all had our own little one-man tents or two-man tents. So Ben was probably 30 or 40 yards away, you know, and you're just you're just like, I'm sure everyone's up right now and no one's saying anything. I heard, I heard uh, it stopped raining once, I heard a zipper and I saw a light go on. I think one of the guys was kind of trying to get his tent figured out but it was... Uh, <laughs> it was it was rough to say the least. And I don't even think it didn't even start out, it, that night ended pretty nice oh, it was as far as the sunset and everything and then weather moved right in and it whipped up and it got yeah, it got pretty rough. And that was for me, that was my worst night out of the 17 days gone. <laughs> that was, I woke up. Well, I remember laying in bed and I just was like, I'm going to pack this up. Um, and I was I was not really happy at all. And it was just no. a combination of you're tired. And the thing I was stressed about is that I was worried that my tent was going to not hold out the water, get my sleeping bag soaked. And then I was just going to be hooped. There's no way to. Yeah, you can't dry it out. You can't dry it out. And, you know, then you're just basically throwing your hand and just say, forget it, you know. That's, so the, I risk was getting, of, that's the risk of down again. And I was getting really, <laughs> I mean, it really, I mean, it, I came real, real close to literally just waking up that next morning and I was going to lob everything right off the edge and just walk back. <laughs> Thank um, God for the sunny morning, yeah. man. It then, was, that next morning was so beautiful. And it really, yeah, it did. It, we we woke, you know, <laughs> crawled out of our tents that next day and it was... You could just tell everybody had a had a rough one, and um, uh, I mean I'm not kidding. I, I was at about an eight out of a ten, going on just wadding things up, and uh, we were you know, and partly too because in my head I'm thinking, okay, this is supposed to be, you know, we've been told over and over and over that you know this hunt has never taken longer than six days, and we're at, yeah. we're at day eight, I think seven and or eight, and we, we don't have. We definitely don't have two ramps to go on, and we're there. In the, so, in the back of our heads, always is the, all the stuff we already talked about is like kind of some interesting dynamics. Yeah, <laughs> so. there, there's definitely some chaos going on, you know, outside of just us hunting within, you know, within this group of guys and, and the outfitter and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you kind of have all that pulling on you, and then you're of course stressing about what what is and what isn't going on at home. <laughs> so it starts weighing on you, you know, and it kind of just where you at in your mental space. Um, I think well, you there. talk about that for a minute, like mentally, like how big of, to me, I think an able-bodied dude, like, or, or female, whatever, in a, in a, in a, from 15 to however age you want to put on it, mentally, you could stick through a lot. Like your body will do a lot if you just make it do it. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, you know how far you could go if you had to, but you're also like, screw it. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like but part of it is, you know, how, how bad do you want? you know, how bad do you want to complete this hunt? What's the value mm-hmm. to you, you know, to do this? How miserable and how long do you want to be miserable to pull this off? Um, I think luckily on this trip, there was a lot of it was weather related, but I mean, we'd mm-hmm. get dumped on for four or five, six hours and then it would blow clear and you were able to get stuff dried out. And that I noticed that was one thing that kind of kept my, mm-hmm. you know, my emotions 
definitely a little bit more above water than not was a, yeah. you know you kind of were able to get dried out yeah um, what was the day before we were up on the ridge everyone's got their boots off their socks off their boot liners pulled out laid all over the rocks everyone's just got their jackets and everyone's just drying out like those moments were uh awesome <laughs> yeah so that was a, that was a kind of a lifesaver a little bit was just having some shots of good weather i can't imagine that i would last very long if it was with that gear setup anyway mm -hmm. if it was continuous days of that i don't know that i could you know without gear set anyway i could probably be good for two to three days and, yeah and we were we're probably ill like i said earlier i think we needed a little bit bigger tents because you can't touch the tent walls when it's that wet because the tent walls are wet no matter they're not wet from rain they're wet from condensation and so you will get wet um, and there's an argument for synthetic bags, synthetic jackets over down jackets. I took a synthetic jacket up. I really liked, um, uh, you had that, that Kafaru puffy that we love. Yep. It's I, synthetic. I actually had both. I had a down, a down Kuyu yep. and then I had the Kafaru, um, and those can get wet and you'll stay dry yep. or you'll hands, stay warm. I'm hands sorry. down the Kafaru. Um, and I don't know what the, what's the model of that jacket. Boy, I don't even, I don't even know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the, the only jacket over. Kafaru makes. They okay. make one insulated it's it's you are not going to win any fashion statements it's an ugly jacket it's essentially it's their 20 degree synthetic sleeping bag sewed sewn into a jacket that's absolutely unbelievable it's so that on this trip that was probably my number one clothing item that was if i had to pick one thing that's what i'd be taking with yeah so for whatever that's worth um and i like i did wear the down the light down you know just on on a cool evening throw that on keep the bugs off of you but for survivability yeah the kafaru jacket was a lifesaver i slept in that um i think every night but one yeah yeah so 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 morale i like ben said everyone's got different i get pretty ben knows me i'll get i'll get up there i'll stay up there for a month like i'll get so like stuck on something he'll get he'll get in the zone <laughs> and, and yeah good luck frying him out of there <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah i, I want to go back but um we'll talk about that more uh anyway so so uh next morning we get a sun break we're like oh this is awesome we start we move we slowly move down the ridge because the they we're walking we're coming down this razorback they're not we're, we're staying on the right side the rams have moved off the steep left side so we're creeping down this well i wouldn't say creeping we're sliding all over the shale and making piles of noise because you cannot walk silent up there because it's just rock everywhere it's like walking on dinner plates yeah exactly that's a good analogy loud breaking dinner plates and but if you stay on the side the sound doesn't carry over that much and the rams are making noise too so it's it's not a huge deal um kind of creep along we actually get about a hundred 150 yards above the ram and by then we've got close enough be right before this i should have said we, we had seen that big heavy broomed off ram we thought was a shooter and he was legal it just he just wasn't he was a cool ram he was young there was two rams that were eight years old we figured they may have been nine, but we've put them at eight. That means they're legal. The, the guides put them at eight, yep. and we're looking at them and just saying, okay, this is this is one that you would not shoot this year. This they're is a next rams. year or two years from now ram. 
Um, I'll put, try to post some videos, but they would look like most of you guys, all of you. I mean, I, the curl, the Hollywood Ram, he was beautiful, big old curly. Yeah. Like he looks like a really good Ram, but when you shoot a Ram that looks like that at eight, he doesn't get to be 10 or 11 or 12 and get to be a, I mean, that Ram had giant potential. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be, I don't know what it would score wise, you know, two, three years from now, but it would be, It'd be a great Ram. And so automatically when we saw those, it was just like, Hey, those are great Rams, but not, you know, everybody agreed. Uh, us I think and the, the guides all said the guides really appreciated. Um, we had that discussion later. There's another something run across. The, what is that? The mule deer jump on the fence. Yeah, the the guides, a little buck. Yep, a little forking horn. Um, the, I know the guides appreciated uh, your attitude about that. They said a lot of guys would just shoot that because it is a beautiful ram, but. Obviously, if they're going to work an area, they like to see those know those rams are going to be there the year after. So, anyway, so so by then we had figured out okay, we're going to leave those rams. So back to where I said we had seen that other ram down the ridge when it was kind of rainy, I couldn't see him. The light wasn't great, so we had that that ram in our mind, and we ended up seeing him from that first night, the lightning campsite. We ended up seeing him way down the ridge. He came out and bedded on this thing, and that was that was still. Just under two thousand. No, it was over two thousand. It was a yards. long ways it was a down. Long, it was three miles down the ridge. That ridge yeah, the ridge it? was three miles, and we're on the upper third of that. So a solid two and a quarter miles, probably. It was a ways, but we all agreed, like, hey, that's a good looking ram. Like from there, we wa- we all watched him long enough in some decent enough light. We're like, he's he's worth a closer shot. So and this, this ram's also kind of following, you know, the typical older more mature ram too it's it's not with the main band it's close by but it's singled out on its own mm-hmm. kind of doing its own thing and that's fairly typical of an older one yeah he, re- he really wasn't sticking tight with the other bands were hung out together the whole time so so we had moved we moved up the ridge we there was another ridge oh we didn't have water so oh, that's right. It was a the big deal was water. We we had I brought a an algae, and then I had a, a small one liter bladder because there was water everywhere in BC. But when you get up on top, there's nothing, and so so Ben's you've got one liter, yep. which is uh, one liter is an algae. So Ben's got his algae. I've got two liters. Uh, the other guy's got two. And then the like, like, other, other guy had three, yeah. three, three and a half, three or three and a half. And so we're like, okay, well, we drank a bunch of that climate dropping down and coming up that, that, that valley. We're, we were pretty warm. It was a decently warm day. Drink, try not to drink water because we wanted some for, for food. We're going to, you know, boy, mountain house food. We didn't drink coffee the morning because we didn't want to use water for coffee. Um, so we get up to this, this point. We're going to go. We drop down this little, it's only like 500 yards away down in this valley, and we're going to check over this hill. Well, we see this seep kind of, you can hear some water come out. There's some snow patch and some water running out like three, 400 yards down the hill. Um, and so the guide took, we, we all drank a bunch of water. I think we made a cup of coffee right there. Like, let's make coffee. So, because we knew we had water. So we made a coffee, drank a bunch of water. He dropped down and filled all of our stuff up, which was awesome. Because now we knew where there was water up there, and we knew we could eat and we could have coffee. We could drink. We could drink plenty of water. Then we were like being misers with water. Crawl over this other ridge, check this side, and make sure there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Come back. Get. We start working down the ridge. We go like 400 yards, and we need to go 2,500 yards, so a mile, whatever. And this ram, smaller ram, pins us down. And so we're sitting there. 
and you can see weather coming in. And we're like, oh, okay. And we, we like said... Like not a little wet. We're talking a wall. <laughs> yeah. We're at, we're at about 6,500 feet right here. <laughs> and there is this wall coming out of the north just straight at us. And we're just going, okay, this is going to get really interesting here. Yeah. And I don't know what time of day that was. It was about... I think it was... F- uh, I want to say it was two or three. Mid, yeah, maybe mid to later part of the day. Maybe um, four o'clock. I just remember looking up and seeing that. And, we, you know, we had finally, you know, we put everything together. We had a potential shooter yeah. down the ridge. We were an hour from it, maybe. And we're feeling pressure because we've got two ram tags and we're day. Uh, day eight. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was day eight. And so we're just going, okay, we've got, potentially we have one down here. We've got a long ways to go. So we're, that pressure's building. I'm feeling that, I know. Um, Rams pinned us down. Uh, guide sitting there. I move up by the guide. Uh, ben, the other guy's uh, right behind. We're just kind of sitting there, and you can see this fog coming and this dark, and you're just like, uh-oh. So next thing you know, it goes to nothing. I mean, you can like see. Full whiteout, like just. Zero. You can see nothing. 20, was, 20 yards, maybe. Yep. And you can't push down the ridge. You can blow. You can't see anything. You're gonna. All you're going to do is blow stuff out and mess stuff up. So we're sitting there like, well, we'll go back to that saddle where the water, where we just were. The water was below us. There was a, we thought there was a little flat spot. So we work our, you can't see anything. So you're just walk, you're walk, cruising down the mountain, or not down, but across and up to get back into the saddle. We find the spot, kick around for a while finally decide we can fit four tents in this area and it's not dark it feels dark because of the because the the fog and everything but it's it's by then it's i don't know five or six we got it's getting dark up there about 10 o'clock so uh, it gets dark a little later you got you know four or five hours of light left so we're all rain geared up it's kind of drizzling and foggy and we're like okay so whatever we'll set up camp set up camp we screwed around what you and i built that big rock wall we were like we're not yeah. having another Oh, another wind party. So we built this, I don't know, 20 foot long. And we didn't get real like high. A, yeah, just a rock barricade just for a wind break. Two, two feet high or something and stuck our tents right behind that. And it wasn't particularly cold, but it was just kind of wet. We sat around and talked and, and did that. And, and then we, we, <laughs> we pulled up. Um, the inreaches have weather things, so you get you you fetch the weather. I don't know. They say it's coming from your location, but whatever the closest weather station is, and it's showing it's nasty. It's showing snow's supposed to come in. Weather's bad for days, and we're just going. Okay, we have to have a window here because we have to be off the mountain. I don't know. We got a forecast that said you know a foot or something. Yeah, no, it said like yeah a foot or two where uh, we were out of snow potential, and we we only have food for a few days because we're kind of kind of up and back. We got you know give us two three days up there. So now we're kind of splitting our food up. Okay, don't eat that tonight. We'll eat this tonight, and um, playing that game. We all all that day where it's just it's white out. We're like okay, you can't see, and then wake up the next. Go to bed just. You know, wake up the next morning. And time's ticking. You're like, we do not have fog days, rain days, weather days to spin, which you should because you're sheep hunting. It's it's bound to happen, but you're you're kind of antsy. So, um, we uh, next morning what fog right off the bat? Total fog. Yeah, that whole that whole next. We wake up, you know, hoping that something's going to change. It hasn't at all. And so 
that whole day we spent in the tents basically just hanging out. Um, you'd, get, you'd, you'd be laying in the tent, and it would just it'd get a little bit lighter through. The, you're looking in your tent, right? So it, it just gets, gets, it gets a little bright. bit yeah, more you see br- some brightness. Bright, and so you hear everyone zipper zip, zip, and everyone pokes their head outside. They're like, huh. Never, then you hear him re-zip back up. Everybody lays back in their tent. And you, I can't set in my tent. Like, my tent's a coffin. Ben's tent is a coffin. Like a really if, small if coffin. If you're in your tent, you're laying down flat with your arms at your side. Like, it's small. Yep. And um, so you're back in your tent. And uh, then then it get a little lighter. You step out. And then every once in a while, you get, almost get a break above you where – it's not burned off anywhere, but just kind of you're at the top. So you're right at the, t- it's not even fog. You're in the clouds. And so the, like, it's kind of burning through the top of the clouds. And so you're, you get out and you, you, you stand around and we had a couple of ti- little rams walk right, right, right through our camp, right through our camp, crossing that saddle. And we're like, they kind of look at you. I've got videos of those two. I'll try to throw up and, um, just a little, nothing, you know, a couple year old rams. And, um, we did that all day and then right that evening it started to clear up and blow out a little bit yeah like, like six seven o'clock at night all of a sudden you can just feel it kind of breaking apart yep and we get a look out and i can't remember did we even see so, anything so we ran we ran out the ridge we're like we'll try to get eyes on where we had seen them last and we got and we don't find them because that's when i was that's betting right. where yep. that location where yep. that location was and we we're um we're looking. We don't. We don't see him. And and the band that we had tried to skip has now moved in front of us where we have to go. So now we're like, well, shoot. Now that band is in front. Uh, we got to push through them to get to the other ram. And we're like, now it's now we got to work around them again, which took us a day before we had to set back and wait for those rams to move. So um, it's too late. We discussed going after. It. We're like, hey, we've got. We don't have an option. It's it's weather was coming in Thursday, and it was uh, it was Tuesday night is what it was. Yeah. And so um, we either, I said, if it's not clear tomorrow, it's, this is our only window, but we did not have enough time to, to carefully, it would have been a reckless trip down that ridge because we would have been pushing hard. If, it's, if he's there, he's there. And we, there was a chance of blowing him out because we would have had to move too fast. And, and so we talked like, well, let's wait. Because you could look out and it was like, it looks pretty good. Maybe it'll be clear in the morning. So we set our set our alarms, went to bed, kind of high hopes. But the wind had shifted, and one of the guides, he said, he told me he's like, man, I had a, you know, had a bad feeling about the wind was bad and where the way the weather was blowing. And he just said, yeah, he goes, there's, he goes, this is typically a sign that there's there's some real weather coming in here, and that's what's lining up with the forecast too. Yeah, and so we're kind of trying to be optimistic but we have to go down off this mountain the next day because uh, we're out of food and the weather and the snow is supposed to roll in so uh we set up our alarms early and we get up and i look out and it's clear and i was like i can see like all the way clear like all front to back i mean yeah. we, haven't, we haven't been for like what 24 hours we haven't been able to see anything oh except it was for a lot longer than that by then yards. yeah it cleared that one night but it was pushing almost what 35 almost by the time it fogged in in the night and then that next day and then we had that evening window but it was yep. a bunch of fog yeah so everyone's up okay let's let's do it and so so this is the ram so this is the ram we think we're gonna kill so i text my buddy i said we got a ram ben's gonna shoot this ram and 
uh, we start cruising. We get to this first point. We glass nothing. We get to this next point. Was was Castle Peak? We'll call it. It's, it's a little yeah. It's a little crazy pinnacle. It's this rock sticking up. Yeah, it's got these rock little pinnacle, a little there. notch, and then another spire and a notch. And so one of the guys is in one notch, and then a couple of us are in this next notch, and we're looking down the ridge and down below. So the rams are below us. We're up at this really high peak. And we start looking, and we're seeing, um, oh, this is the area we drove by, yeah. the, by the bighorns. We probably might see some bighorn sheep here. Um, the uh, no, no, I'm distracted. <laughs> uh, you'll hear us holler if we see them. Um, we saw some, on the way here, we saw some giant rams right in this area that were right off the road. But it's getting, it's almost dark, so they might be bedded down. Um, so we... We get up and we're seeing all these, the same band. We're like, okay, well, there's that sheep and that sheep. And now we know these sheep. That's the Hollywood ram. That's the Broomdoff ram. That's the dark ram. We know these rams that were in this other band. And, and then one of the guys was like, I got him. And he had moved that band. They kind of crisscrossed. He moved further down the ridge. And he had actually moved up to us a good, a good mile. Almost, yeah. Almost a mile, which was huge. And so he's feeding on a ridge seven eight hundred yards below us feeding along and so we're looking them over and now it's like okay it's still clear but you can kind of see some weather out in the distance now and we're like okay it's 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 pretty early we see him we probably see him only an hour into that morning and well i can't how does this transpire we um i think so we debated on on circling around we were he what that he ram was, like walk, he, he walked ended down up, and and he bedded down on this little little point on the on this kind of this finger ridge running off mm-hmm. the main ridge and he's at about a what a forty degree angle straight below us but he's at seven hundred and seventy five yards yeah, seven seventy five which obviously I shoot a lot I've got the gun I know I can set it up for Ben Ben's made some much longer shots and it's totally capable but you're still I don't like to shoot long for the sake of shooting long if I can get closer I'm going to get closer and so we debated uh, moving down and trying to get above him and or else dropping down the ridge we were on and getting straight across from him the downside the discussion we had was if you miss or something goes wrong he's, he's going up so he's going to come towards us so he's only going to get closer we can move across the top of this ridge pretty quickly. And if we drop down our ridge, which is the ridge straight across from him, and shoot across and something goes wrong, which I was very confident wouldn't because I think we could have got to like 400. Um, at that point, he goes, if something goes wrong, he's gone because he's up before we, you know, 40 minutes before we can get back to the top and he's he's gone. And so... It was, and we couldn't go to his ridge and get above him because it was too broken and steep. You couldn't see him until you were. Yeah, what, there's other the rams. Si- there was other rams and sheep between us and him too yeah, that yeah, we had to push right. push through. So, long story short, we kind of just made the decision that, uh, that we were already at the spot where we needed to be to make this shot happen. Plus, we got the weather closing in. Yeah, um, the weather's a concern. Right there, we're looking. Okay, it's going to take 30, 40 minutes to to sashay over and and get set up potentially for a, a closer shot but if the weather's if it beats us to it then you know we're out of luck yeah so we step back in my mind been shooting this ram um it's not 
he he already has killed a, a giant stone. We talked about that in their first podcast. One of his favorite hunts was that crazy one day gigantic stone sheep. And so this is uh, not that caliber, but an old ram, a really cool ram, heavy and twisty, a tight curl, you know. Uh, so I'm thinking that. And so we step back and have. What do we do? I just, I, I wait. Yeah, I just, you, they, they just, were kind of making sure we wanted to, to, one of us wanted to shoot it. And I just said, yeah, I just have absolutely. John. I said, have John shoot this thing. Yeah. So Ben gave, Ben goes, all right. He's like, you're up. And so I was like, okay, all right. And so I get in position and uh, kind of crawl up and over, get the gun, work on the bipod to get that angle down. I'm leaning, I'm at the very peak. I mean, the peak is a foot wide. It just goes straight up and then straight down the other side. So I'm, kind of angling the bipod and tweaking the legs and getting it all right. Checking the wind. I zoom in. I turn around. I'm like, man, he looks small because he's bedded on this thing. And I got my reticle on him. He just, he just felt small at, at 775. I was like, I was like, I stepped back. I was like, okay, I tested this gun. I, we, it was kind of funny that we had been bouncing around rifle and scabbard, bouncing off rocks it's the guns got dropped it's been pouring down rain the muzzle brakes all taped up everything the guns been getting beat i was like i kind of want to shoot this gun we never shot him in camp um and so we had a day i was i was like is it gonna hurt anything to shoot the gun so ben and i walked over we found a rock on this hill and it ended up being 768 yards so right at 770 and cold bore with the i had the the that 419 brake all taped up um with the tape on cold bore, I was just aiming at a rock. I clipped the bottom edge of this little rock, took the follow-up shot, second shot, clipped the upper edge of it. So just two, you know, two good shots at 770. So I was like, okay, gun's hammering. Well, we get in position. I'm like, you know, he's 775. I was like, this is funny because we just, just was, a couple days before, couple days before, yep. you know, before we headed up on that, that, uh, that backpacking in. And, and so I was like, man, this is, I know the thing's hammering. The thing, the thing was the angle. It was a pretty good angle. And so definitely shaved a bunch of dope off the Kestrel and, uh, got all set up, got the phone scopes running. He's bedded. I'm not worried about him going anywhere. We've got all the time in the world outside of the weather. And, uh, keep in mind, we're like, try and picture where we're at. We are perched on the, one of the absolute highest peaks out there like you cannot get any higher around us we're on the top it was cool <laughs> we're shooting he's shooting down you know I, I would have to guess a 40 degree angle um and the ram is bedded on a this little little grassy spot smaller than the size of probably a you know a queen size bed yeah it's just tucked up there on this little triangle and um you kind of looking below say okay you know he potentially takes a shot or is he going to land? Oh, if he, yeah, if to get up, yeah, he could go a long ways down with not a whole lot of momentum. The, I, for me, set part of the, some of the things that stick out a lot about hunts are the shots. And partially that's probably because I'm so into shooting the preparation, but it seems like there's sometimes there's quick shots or not memorable ones, not memorable, but then there's other times where, the location is so unreal, like like Ben said, where it was setting, where the shooting positions from, the view, like being able to set up and take your time and really make a good shot. It was you couldn't 
I don't know if you could draw a cooler. It's, yeah, it's, what I, comes to mind is like as you're a kid looking through Outdoor Life cover magazines. This is like something that somebody would have sketched in a you know your ideal hunting yeah. scene yeah. as a kid. Um, and this is where <laughs> we're all sitting. And I can't remember if it was before or after you shot. I remember, and I don't know if you remember this at all, but I just said, "Hey, look at where we're at." Yeah, <laughs> and I can't remember if that was before or after you squeezed off. I think it was. I think it was right after. It could have been. I was just I was cracking up, and I just I said, "Look around." I said, "Look where we're at." Yeah, it, it, and that's absolutely the feeling. It was. It was such a cool. It was. I love the outdoor life analogy because exactly some guy in his his old flannel with a thirty thirty leaned over this rocky peak and a mountain goat below him. This color drawing on outdoor life that's exactly yeah it's kind of one of those settings you couldn't you couldn't have drawn it out any any better i don't think no it was so cool so we set up ben's got so we've got phone scope on his little spotter um he's got i bought a little a little a handheld video camera that lasted for about two-thirds of the hunt before it gave up the ghost to the rain and uh it was good while it lasted and uh, Ben's got that thing. He's holding out on me, and we've got the videos rolling. Everywhere. It's like, everyone's ready. I got earplugs in. Like, we had, we had just a perfect setup, plenty of time to get everything just right. Squeezed off the shot. I gave it, um, I gave it about, oh, about three-tenths of wind right. Um, we had a right to left coming over the ridge, but it's pretty sheltered because he's down the ridge, so I'm just kind of accounting for the wind, just the first little bit of the wind. Pretty light, not a lot. So kind of back into his guts just a little bit. And that bullet, I, sh- I shot it, and it was an awkward position on the rock, so I didn't see it quite as good as I would have liked, say, in a competition setting with a, the lighter weight 6.5. But I saw it pretty well. I saw it hit. Um, I knew it was a good hit. Um, but I didn't see exactly. But he uh, instantly, the, gu- the guide, what, what, what did he say? He's, done deal. Yeah, done deal. <laughs> that'll, that'll that, be. Shot, that shot went off, and that ram just, it was already bedded, but yep. it just buckled. Just all the way dropped. flat to the ground, yeah. no kicking. I think it might have eventually it kind took of a, like a over roll, took a couple kicks, but and that was it. It stayed put. It didn't slide or fall. Nope. The shot was just feet. ideal. He Kick. high shouldered it yep. and then it came out through vitals. Yep. Um, it was, and just just anchored it right there to the hillside. It which was, was perfect. Saved us probably. Who knows? Uh, hours of retrieving what would be left of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It couldn't have been more ideal. I was. I told. I was. I generally am pretty. I stay. Well, maybe I don't. I think I do. I stay relatively calm while I'm. While yeah, I'm doing I think this. most of the time you and I are pretty, pretty calm. Just uh, I'd say ninety percent of the time. And yeah, you were. I was. You're a little bit. You're a little bit rattled. Which I makes was it a fun. little shaken. I was. I just. I felt the pressure. A lot of self-imposed pressure. A lot of pressure is like we have got to make this happen. Um, obviously it's a huge deal. It means a lot to me. It's, and you're making a, it's just a sub 800 yard shot on a, you know, on a stone sheep. And he's bedded and he looks so stinking skinny. Cause he's for one, you know, he's an older sheep. He was a little run down body wise. Uh, so he was a, a small sheep. He was in laying in that grass. He looked, he looked small. He obviously had some windage room, but not a lot of vertical room. And that bullet, man, I couldn't have put it in any better spot. So again, props to, Buddy for building a hammer and getting that thing rung out and all the companies, obviously, all that, you know, was a support with all the, the product. We've talked about that gun a bunch. So I love that. But it was uh, it was ideal. So from then it was all I get up. I'm, pr- I'm shaking a little bit. I, we got we got some video of that. I got to get that video off that fried camera. Um, I bought one of those little DJI 
Osmo pocket cameras that are awesome that um, some of the guys, Travis runs around those with NRL films with that a lot. And, and uh, some other, uh, uh, my brother's buddy does a lot of uh, wedding films and is a high-end videography. And he said it's a pretty sweet little camera. So I bought that and it was awesome until it wasn't. And it's my fault for getting, it was just too wet out there. Um, so I've, I get the video off of that and I'll show you guys that too. So it was, uh, it was awesome. So shaking, handshakes, high fives, just everybody's pretty stoked. They hadn't, you know, these guys were cool. Um, that's always a, I don't know, what's the, what's your thoughts on outfitters and long range? And Most of them won't let you do anything for out good. of their comfort level, which is anywhere from 100 yards to maybe 300. And well, when the, we got there, he said, you're not shooting three, over 350. Yeah, 300, 350 and in, you know, period. He goes, I'm just not comfortable with that. And, and uh, I didn't push, We neither one of us pushed the no, topic at all. No, we just kind of just said, yep, you know, whatever you want to do, we don't mind getting close. We need to get close. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Ben says. Yeah, we'll work in there. We don't, I, how many guys you say, well, I, I got, and not to throw Gunworks under the bus, they, uh, they do a lot of cool stuff, but it's, their, their name gets, I've seen their name thrown around in camps like crazy. It was like, mm-hmm. well, I got this gun and I could shoot a thousand yards. And I've seen it over and over and over. And that's exactly what these guys brought up. He's like, We've dealt with too many guys that, that yes, the system is probably capable, is capable, um, and the, maybe there's a false sense of security. I've shot enough to know that 775 is not, I don't care how much I do it, it's still, you know. It's, it's, an, it's it, enough to get you rattled when you're shooting it. Yeah, it's a legit, it's yeah. not a gimme. It's, it's just not a gimme. I don't care what, I don't care how good of people, whatever. I, you know, I shoot a ton, and I still say that. So anyway, so we didn't say anything to them. But when it came down to it, they 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 did see us. They we shot in camp that day, and they asked how it went. And by then, um, they kind of knew. I don't know if they they kind of knew that I competed a lot, and that. I think one of the one of the guy's buddies in reached him, and he knew who you were, had shot with you, and I don't remember which which guy that was, but yeah, yeah it it, it kind of got around that you could shoot a little bit, and um, they were feeling pretty confident because there was no pushback at all when it came time to squeeze off. Yeah, he he said he goes, if you want to shoot from here, do it, and I was like, I was like, I feel comfortable if if you don't if you're good, and so and so we did, and it was it was pretty. Oh, it, was, it couldn't have been any stinking better than it was. Yeah, <laughs> and so, so it was a huge relief to get one in the bag. Yeah, yeah. So, so then we, so from there, um, it's 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 grab the gear, it's pack up the gear, head down the ridge, come down the main ridge, and then cut down into that finger ridge. We side hill to this shale and slide and whatever, whatever. It took us what it, I don't know. It would take us twenty thirty tw- minutes, twenty yeah. thirty minutes to, to work our way him. over to them. Get the, I love taking pictures. Bust out the camera, start taking pictures, and you can see this weather just rolling. I'm like, okay, so I'm literally running. I throw a lens on, start taking pictures. The guy, I was like, here, take it right here. I'm standing there holding the ram. Um, I look through the camera; it's all fogged up. The lens is, it's stuff's wet. So I'm trying to clean this lens off. So about just anyway, kind of a cluster. Here comes the fog. Here comes the rain, and and boom, we're socked in. Half the pictures are of clear, and you can see all the way across. And the other half of the photos, you can see the fog rolling in, and then 20, 30 feet. Yeah, yeah, Little, it's actually kind of cool. I was, I was actually real worried about some of the pictures until, uh, 
I was going through them just on this drive, and we've got we've definitely got some good ones. I can't wait to finish them up and get them up. But um, so that was our window. We had to leave that mountain, and we got up early, and it worked out. It couldn't have worked out any better. I don't know if he would have been in the original spot another mile down the ridge. By the time we worked down to that, we would have got socked in. Yeah, that we wouldn't have got him. Like it, we got we got lucky with that because we yeah, had to come off a really, the really tight window. We had about an hour and forty minutes, I think, from the time yep. we got up to when we got to him and and started getting photos. Yeah, and so it socks in. So then it's then it's uh, caping those guys. You know, man, that's ripping. Is this the Fraser River? Again? Yeah, I think we're at the headwaters. Man, of the it's Fraser. cleared up a lot. Look how much different it looks. It was pretty brown on the way it looks a little clearer now um anyway the uh they those guys are awesome at caping so those you know work that up and then we boned it all out split it up start climbing out and i was like oh my gosh i'm getting you know you're trying to hiking in rain gear is the worst because it wasn't super super cold yet um but it was it's warm enough to where you're sweating and it's raining and but it's 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 too cold to not wear rain gear so get up, hike all the way back up, dump our packs, walk down the ridge, the other ridge where our camp's at, tear down camp. Ben, you had a quick mountain house, and we in reach the packer to if you want to sell up, start heading in, and then we're going to meet him that night. And so then we start hiking. I was probably, my pack, it wasn't terrible. I was about... It what? was pretty heavy. I grabbed it just to see what you were packing, and it was it, it was a load. It was, it was like oh, seventy five, eighty, probably yeah. eighty five. I yeah. don't know, probably somewhere somewhere around eighty, seventy five, eighty. And then, but you know, I had guns and camp and meat and hit the and wet the, and wet, <laughs> and I had the head and the cape. Um, no, I didn't have a lot of meat. We split the meat up. Split I the meat had up pretty head, well. Cape yeah. and gun. Those heads weigh a lot, which is awesome, and. Uh, and so we just started marching out of there, just slow and steady, like Ben was saying. It was a real good pace, just nothing crazy. It just took a long time, and it was just wet. We've got some videos. So we're in, a horse, we're in kind of like a horseshoe shaped up on this ridge, and it's miles of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not like a, just a quick hop, skip, down. I think <laughs> no. altogether it's nine miles yeah. is what we did in the rain and the yep. fog. And yep. we're cruising out of there, and a couple of the guides – they would not really hang back with you at all. It didn't matter if you were going fast or slow. They were doing their pace, and you better keep up or you're just going to fall behind and get lost. But it was foggy. It was really, really foggy. And so yeah, you can see 20 yards. Sometimes you can see 40. Sometimes you can see. So they're 15. just cruising on. And, you know, after a bit, everybody gets pretty stretched out. John and I are kind of hiking together. And I was John's definitely slow and steady pace. I was hurt. I didn't. Problem was, I didn't eat. Like, I didn't. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. I, I got pretty beat up just because I didn't eat, and I know better, but we were yeah, short on food. We were kind of kind of saving that food because of the weather, and I didn't, I didn't, I skipped, I skipped eating that day. And by by now it's it's evening, and we're hiking, all just hiking, and, and it's, hiking, it's hiking. Below, I mean, we're talking. This is the ugliest. This is the storm that the weather was calling for, and starting so we're hiking, we're hiking straight into this thing as we're going down, loaded, and. Um, out you know fast forward a couple hours and we're we're closing the gap to where the guy's supposed to meet us with the horses and we're coming down 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 and john's getting my legs hanging in but you could tell he's getting pretty pretty teetery oh yeah we get to this we get to the spot where he's supposed to meet us and he's not there and so which 
were like, well, we'll just keep walking on the horse trail. And my legs felt fine. Everything felt fine. All I'm just starting to bonk. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm like, what is, I don't do this. Like I just keep going. And I, I didn't have any food. I ate that super expired bar earlier and I felt like want to throw that up. Oh yeah. And so I'm just, I was, I was beat up. And I don't know why I've carried heavier loads for longer. Like our last stone sheep, I had a way heavier pack for, uh, but that hurt. No, but that was a one-day show. This yeah. is this was day ten. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that, but this is day ten, morning of day ten, when he uh, when he squeezed off that shot, and so we've got you know yeah. all of those days and all of those nights of of the weather and the conditions, everything surrounding it, um, you know, and coming out heavy. Yeah, that's probably I'd say that's probably the the most rundown I've seen you on a on a pack out. <laughs> I was I got um, to the horse and I was I wasn't quite there. I was a little delirious. He was a little, I was a like, little loopy. I was like I do not. I was trying to throw up. Uh, I felt like I wanted to throw up, but I was kept thinking I was going to fall asleep. And so I got on a horse. I wasn't. It didn't hurt. I mean, I wasn't. I just was out of it. And so I got. The, I figured I was still on the horse. I'll be fine. So we rode the horse for. We, we packed a wage on the horse, so it was only about an hour ride. I thought, thought I'd be fine. I didn't feel very good. Got to camp, sat down. I thought I'd feel fine. Didn't feel very good. And finally, I was sat there. I was like, I was like, do you, we have cheese? I was just craving cheese for some reason. So we got some over there. They did have some, luckily. So started eating that and got some meat. I, you know, 15 minutes later, I feel good. 20 minutes later, we, we you know, we started having, started having, we, we did end up getting a fire going, get some stuff dried out. Well, sort of, it was still raining, but, um, Got the fire going. We had uh, backstrap cooking. Um, had some pancake batter. We battered those those up a pancake batter because of what we had, and it was really good. And I felt I felt totally fine. I wasn't wasn't sore the next day. Leg wise, I felt pretty good. I just I just I just didn't eat. I should have eaten before we before we headed down. So that was uh, uh, that was it. We just, it was pretty good. Um, you know, got some good sleep that night. Uh, felt felt pretty good and then how do you want to so that let's call that so I mean, that was kinda, first 10 days that was the first, first 10 days right there so that that worked out um pretty well with a lot of effort a lot of work and um but fun like overall it was fun like even yeah like fun even when it was foggy we were joking around like spirits were high we weren't yeah. like moping like we'd have some funny it, we were having a good time yeah like, i think so too and just thinking back like you know friends and family are in reaching all of us while we're up there and you know they're asking how things are going and and you know i, I surprisingly i found myself typing in a handful of times morale still really high despite you know the weather yeah. or or how hard we're pushing morale did stay pretty high i really only had maybe one one and a half days where i was not stoked that one really bad night during the storm and i don't know the, why yeah um, the storm that and really kind of rattled me initial yep plan change realization yeah, the plan the plans <laughs> change was a was really frustrating because like i said in your head you've, you've kind of worked with that in mind for months and months and months yeah and so you're still obviously we're dealing with that the whole time but it's it's it is what it is processing that so so then now it's now the one guide was told it was a it was a 10-day hunt and he had work scheduled so he needed to kind of leave and uh we kind of came up with a, a harebrained plan to to ride six hours back we get up in the that day was cold it we woke up there's snow all around above us it's snow mixed that's right so yeah at. that weather that weather did come through and it there's was cold snow, there's snow on the mountain just above camp so we did get out of there you know yeah so that next morning i'm putting on wet socks wet pants wet boots wet everything because it just we got soaked on that hike out whether it was from sweat from the inside or rain from the outside it just was wet so that was a long that was a was that 
how many hours was that? We did pretty decent time. Six hours back. I think so. Six hours back to the main, the you know the, the base, main camp, base where camp. We flew into those where the old cabins were. So yep. that was a that was good. We got a big good stove going in the uh, in you know a little in the wood stove going in the cabin. Hung out everything on every nail and clothesline and socks and tents are hanging in there and sleeping bags are spread out and just drying and drying and drying and drying and and then. Um, the next morning we were packing everything up and we rode seven hours the other way up. And this is like, okay, this is do or die here. And there's, and they said, they're like, listen, it's super low density. You, you may, you hardly see anything, but there's generally a band of Rams up there. And if you can find them, you'll do well. And so we're going in there with high hopes and, we go from these rolling, it's not even rolling. There's some steep peaks. There was shale. There was some where we had been. You'll see pictures of it. You'll know what I mean. And, but then we go up this other way, which is, what, what is it, 20, 25 miles the other way probably, yeah. upriver into this big granite rock, jagged peaks, glaciers, rock that you can't get over the top of. You'd have to have, you know, Mountaineering 500 feet yeah. of rope or something like yeah y- it looks like you're, we should be like you know east asia hunting tar or yeah uh, ibex or, 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 or something or, uh, <laughs> yeah and ibex yeah yep. it's just it's really really harsh country it was pretty impressive yeah so i don't know how you want to talk about this so we'd been they said if you get back up there you know six seven hours back and they said you know we're fair warning it's a pull on horses mm-hmm. um we had with a lot of river crossings and the water was still really, really high. <laughs> I, forgot. I didn't so forget, but yeah, we're, we're motoring <laughs> through and John's got one pack horse behind him that he's leading. I'm on a single horse. Uh, some of the other, the one other guy's got a horse or two with him. So we start pushing through these river crossings and you know, I haven't done a lot of those. I don't think John has either. No, I haven't done a lot of horse stuff, but, um, we're pushing through the water and, you know, it's it's been raining, so the rivers are high. The rivers are really, right really back high. up to the high point where they had been the whole time. So right out of camp, to the very first river crossing, you get your feet out of the stirrups, up by the horse's neck, trying to keep your trying all keep the your gear dry. you just oh. dried out. You're trying not to get it soaked five minutes from camp when you got eight hours to go and you know however many more days of hunting. So your feet are up by the horse's neck, holding your legs out of the water. I've got my gun over my head because I don't want it down in the scabbard to get all soaked. So I'm holding this over my head feet up you're just it's that was five minutes from camp on the first crossing yeah. and that was the best crossing like as far as smooth you know smaller rock river bottom easy for the it was just a matter of walking across the further up you got the bigger the rocks got the rougher you got you know five miles up was one 10 miles up got rougher you know 12 miles up got worse i think it was 16 miles to camp um from that we rode rode that day there's one crossing where where as john was leading his horse that's it got a little bit spooky <laughs> um the lead guide crossed in front of me and then i crossed and then john was following and we my were, horse we always were, goes below the other horses because it's yeah he kept stupid. kept moving he'd move to the left downstream every time no matter what you did and we were jammed on and space so we were making this crossing and there's this wicked bend in the river where it all just kind of comes up against this tight rock wall and it gets, you know, from a yeah. three, four, five foot crossing, it goes down to this like really, really harsh, you know, for real type stuff that you would not want to go through. 
Yeah, just and, a sharp uh, bend in the river where the river crashes into a, a you know a 40, 50 foot tall rock face on this hill, and then just turn, takes a sharp left. Yeah. So John's coming through there, and above it, he's I'm, I'm right, right above, above where the white water starts. I mean, it's getting a little bit hairy, and my horse is just pulling out of it. And we had ridden before that. We had ridden what six, seven hundred yards upstream, and then turned back around and came all the way back down, looking for a spot yeah. to cross. We tried to cross two or three different spots and backed out, and we ended up back at this big rapid. And we're like, I'm like, oh shoot, yeah, I that was a little, a little sketchy. So John's pushing <laughs> through, leading this other horse, and both the the guide and I flip around and look over our shoulders as he's coming through and he's he is dangerously close to these <laughs> rapids and we're just and the water is pushing the horse you know it's it's moving the horse around it's not yeah, swimming but I don't know what, how verge. deep that water was coming up on you but it was it, it was I had my legs up high and it was getting up it was getting up I had my rain gear sucked super tight the gaiters and I was up, getting up by my knees um, with my feet way up and I'm holding, I'm still trying to keep that stupid gun. The risk, my, 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 my concern was, did I, did I take the gun out on that? One? I might've left the gun in on that one. I, I can't remember. I'd been, I had been pulling the, I, I left it in. I'd been pulling on every crossing cause I did not want to get it wet. Cause we had shot it and I shot it in camp again after we got back after that ran, retaped everything, oiled everything up. I didn't want to get it dirt wet for bins. And so I, all the crossings, six, seven of them, you know, it got deep and horses fell on some of the prior ones, but nothing sketchy down downstream. Um, a couple of horses dunked, got their just completely underwater and heads underwater <laughs> tripping and stuff. And but this one, I left it in because like, well, if we fall, it'll at least be jammed in the stirrup, and hopefully I can. If I fall with it in my hand, I'll lose it because the water's just it's glacier it's, it's, muddy. It's moving. It's yep. glacier muddy color. You'll never if you drop anything, it's gone. So I've got my camera, which is mostly waterproof, and I've got my gun in the scabbard. I, I was just, I was like, I could lose it coming back. I do not want to lose it going up there. And uh, <laughs> luckily, I mean, it got, I remember looking at the guy's face, and he was just like, yeah, his mouth was open. His going, mouth was open. His oh. eyes were wide. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing one of the one of those as, as the pack horse was swinging down a little bit, and my horse was losing footing, and I am ready to go for a swim. And, uh that was that kept me on my toes. Like I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty chill about waters. I've been in rivers a lot and snorkeled and spearfished a ton, and, and so I, I don't mind it. But that one was, that one got me a little. That bit. one would have been a bad scenario. Yeah. That one had me the most nervous. And I know it had the guide a little nervous too. And, yeah. And you, you, I mean, you guys just crossed so close to that white yeah. water. Yeah, and that was a lot. That was a well. The the we crossed a handful more times, but after that, it widened back out into kind of a, a flat where it was it was pretty narrow canyon through there where the water was really ripping through. So. Um, yeah, that was the last sketch one. Made it through. Everything was turned out good, which was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so anyway. to kind of go back where we're, where we, yeah. you know, we're heading with this, we're heading, we're heading to the back end or the upper end of this river system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where this That's the headwaters next, of the whole deal. Yeah. And so we're getting into some, some real high country, a lot higher country that we've been in. Um, with the hopes that there's, there's at least, you know, a, a couple good rams in a small band and, um, mm-hmm. So we, we get all the way in there, start working on it, and we check, you know, check one, one big bowl the first night, and it doesn't turn up much at all. Um, and we keep swinging yeah. in on this, and this is kind of anticlimactic, but um, what, four nights? Five nights? Five, five or six, because we didn't go into that first bowl till the next night. We got the first yeah. night in camp, bears that tore everything apart. So we were, we were re- rebuilding, and we cut some trees, cut some poles, lashed some stuff together, threw the tarps up. 
Um, we actually we actually th- took extra tarps, pitched those, put tents under tarps just to be extra careful trying to stay dry. It ended up being the the nicest weather you could imagine. Yeah, for the, the rest of the trip was weather wise was absolutely. I mean, it rained on us. It was wet in the morning. He still put on rain gear, and it rained on us one day, but it was nothing compared to. I mean, it was absolutely yeah. gorgeous the rest of the time. So that first night, we we just trimming trees, picking up stuff the bears had made a mess of. The main the main tree we stinking had the our our the 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 poles off of to hang tarps over and stuff was a bear rub tree. There was grizzly hair all over it, and all tore up. So setting up camp, getting the horses set up that next morning as we went into that first giant bowl and so those those consisted of a couple hour ride up the river and then a big climb up into these bowls and these bowls are i don't know how many miles across they're the first one was probably four miles across Maybe yeah, they were big. Four or you five. could sit there in glass all day. Yeah, we do. Oh, you're in the same bowl all day long. It's actually like a anyway. Yeah, just this big drainage. You glass it all day, and we we glass for hours and all. We, this, then we see these ewes right below us. We're like, geez, like stuff. You know, caribou. There's some caribou up there. We saw ewes. Um, we saw goats up there. We there was I don't know. There's a bunch of critters. Saw some elk, um, and that was. <laughs> I mean, do you have anything that we just back and forth from one bowl and we're like underneath glaciers. Like it was, as far as scenery goes, it felt like you're in the sound of music, like you're in the Alps. Like, yeah, it was, it was some pretty, pretty unreal country in there. But as far as, yeah, we didn't, we'd not turn up any rams at all in the the last five days of, of the hunt at all. And at this point we're at day, I think 14 or 15, um, and yeah, I need to get back town. home. And then the next batch of hunters is coming in, um, you know, and their hunt day was supposed to be on the 15th. So we, you know, we kind of just made this decision. Okay, we're going to, you know, we gave this thing as long as we could. And um, we headed out, was that yesterday? Yeah, so um, we, I I got the pilot's number. We kind of touched base with him a couple nights prior, like, well, we're kind of sorting it out. We're going to check one more. We'll touch base with you tomorrow night. We checked one base in the morning, and usually usually we stay all day there. And We looked at it. We're like, man, we're out of time. So we ended up riding two hours downstream and went into another basin just like last minute, and it looked so good. And and just I was, oh, man, I wanted to find her. It was yeah, just we're a... Just, we're just it was calming a and glassing hard, just kind of going. And there was, we saw it, a bunch of goats up there. Definitely finished pretty strong, but just nothing. Yeah. Could nothing not, ram-wise could at not all. not turn it up. We saw more ewes. We saw ewes. We saw ewes different days. We saw some good goats. We saw uh, caribou. We saw elk. We saw everything but rams. Um, the... Anyway... Yeah, we call. We got the pilot. Usually, it takes days to get out of. Like, well, we'll schedule. Uh, One one to three days is normal for getting out of camp. Get you know, get a plane in. And anyway, long story short, it worked out. He's like, "Oh, I can, I could get you guys tonight." So we ended up riding out the whole that whole sixteen miles. Rode back, kind of stayed in touch with him as we're riding. We're like, "Hey, we're gonna make it in time." Um, and it was actually quick. We got to camp, much to my wife's. My wife's very. My wife and kids are very excited that we were able to get out quickly. And I'll be home tomorrow. Drive all night tonight, and then I'll drive six more hours tomorrow and be home. But it worked out. It just worked out great. Uh, he was able to pick us up that night, fly us straight. Service. We got. We got to civilization. Got to a hotel about one a.m. last night, uh, way up north, and just been driving all day. Um, so that last. I, I mean, there's 
we saw awesome stuff the last four or five days. It was a uh, emotionally. Would you want to? What do you? I had I had a lot of weird. I felt a lot of not pressure from anywhere. I really in just internal pressure. I really really wanted to find a ram up there because I thought I knew if we found a band of rams, we'd find a really good ram. Um, I, I just I was. It was a weird one for me. The last yeah, the, the last, last bunch of days have been kind last of four, tough. Last four days were definitely tough. Um, you could tell I'll, the morale. Everyone's yeah, morale was different. Everybody kind of knew that this was the last good swing, and I think there was, you know, everybody kind of reached down deep and and got up into that back bowl. And I think on this by the second day, we got into the back of the of the second bowl, and we knew that we were kind of out of options for real, you know, real potential. And then we gave two more days of of solid effort and, and uh, nobody backed off um, yeah just checking everything but just making glassing. sure that we you know we covered everything we could and then we finally just made that call so look let's let's just pack this up it is what it is yeah so we're 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 one and one um on this trip and um i we talked about this a little bit earlier some people take it really really tough when they you know when they're going home you know empty-handed or or taking a tag home mm-hmm. um this it doesn't kill me at all um the trip was definitely unreal it's in the top probably five Mm -hmm. um and and this was a challenging one definitely physically um mentally a little bit Mm -hmm. but um i'm glad we did it you know 17 days out is uh, (laughs) is not an opportunity that a lot of people get it's not an opportunity that i get very much exactly um you know we learned we learned a good bit um, and I can, you know, we kind of add that onto the pile as far as hunting knowledge and, and, you know, kind of testing yourself as far as what you're capable of doing. Yeah. It was, it was interesting for me on this one. Cause I, I caught myself really pacing my, just physically just pacing myself, not knowing if this was going to be a couple days or a couple weeks. For me, watching you, this trip was different for me than any other hunt. Like I really noticed how well you pace. And I noticed, like I said earlier, I was wor- worried because uh, we've said this in the past. Ben's time, as far as financially and business, is probably more valuable than my time. With he runs a, a pretty uh, fast-moving company that is he's a very integral part of, and so it's easier for me to be gone than it is for him to be gone. And I've he it was it was fun to watch you like navigate that and stay positive and work through the negative and because I, I know i've been around you a lot in the negative and with different aspects and yeah it's, it's it was a different it was a really interesting hunt for me as far as that goes watching i i, I was it was impressed about pacing yourself not only physically but but with the um just a stress you know, load of what's what's potentially going on at home and you yeah. know and i did i was able to keep with with the inreaches i was able to keep in touch with you know with the crew and make sure things were going and it, it did not go 100 percent at home we had a we had a fairly substantial injury the first day yep. that we got there we had a work injury um you know and that that hits home i take all that stuff pretty serious um so that was a tough that was a tough way to start out the hunt was was hearing that one of my guys is in the hospital um he's you know two weeks later now he's 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 back in the crew working and doing fine but that's always a spooky deal to get that message that you know one of your guys has been hurt and and he's in the er it was all that stuff piled there was a lot of there was a lot of things piled up in that beginning that were 
that 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 work through and stuff. So and everyone deals with that. Like you, you all go on a hunt. You've got a whatever it is. Work's crazy. You got a wife. You got kids. Your wife doesn't want you to be gone. Your work. You got short vacation yeah, time. Always, Everyone's got something. There's always stuff pulling at you. It's really yeah. really rare that I can you know that me or a lot of guys can just break away and not have much for distractions. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to say is you know when we're out there you know and the guys at home, friends and family that are messaging us, keeping keeping in touch. Yeah. I had a couple of the hunting buddies that were you know they'd listened to the podcast earlier good you know good guys that we've hunted and hung around with before reached out and just said hey you know we're thinking of you guys every day waiting to hear what's going on uh that was pretty cool that was pretty encouraging Mm -hmm. to hear that from a couple of good friends um one of the guys had actually been up there in the same spot years and years ago yeah where we were actually at was up there It 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 was really fun talking to him that's yeah, no, I can't stress that enough. Having it's fun to have people home. It's again, and a, in reaches are awesome. If you're going to do a hunt like this, get an in reach. The Garmin in reach, you can text through them, sync Bluetooth to your phone, text through them. I can t- keep in touch. My wife said multiple times, like this makes it a lot more doable because uh, you're you can talk. It's not a big deal to send text back and forth. So yeah, that's definitely a, a key item for sure. You know, if you guys are are brainstorming on gear and you haven't done a lot of this backcountry stuff um it's one of the first things that i'm going to throw in yeah absolutely no totally so that was uh we've uh i don't know that's that's the gist of it this is long we're hour 40 already but um i think quickly um we had one um we had questions about gear and a lot of different stuff we we had we, we had a question on uh uh, Kevin Madison, he's a, he's a cool dude um, that we've known from back home. He said, uh, great episode. Good luck to you guys. It's fun hearing about all your adventures. I'm cur- curious what's left on the North America bucket list and outside of North America. What's next? Sheep in the premieres or question mark? So what's your, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, what's next? So we, a couple, even just this week up, up on the mountain, we had some of the guys asking us, you know, if, if John and I are chasing the, the North American 29. Um, I don't know how to seriously answer that. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll John and I are actually, as far as keeping score, John and I are neck and neck with, what, 14 animals? Yeah, I think. John's got a coos deer that I don't have, and mm-hmm. I've got an Alaskan Yukon moose yep. that he doesn't have. Otherwise, we've got the same. Yeah of you know we're coming up almost halfway on the 29 yeah if you don't know what the 29 is if you guys are more on the shooting side not as much hunting it's just all the big game animals in north america from you know some just all elk, it's, just it's all the species yeah all the species of elk all the species of deer bear, bear um, antelope, caribou cats every yeah all, all the way through so john and i are at 14 um of those um we still got a ways to go it's in in my mind it's it is definitely a it's somewhat of a goal, and I think if we keep chipping away at it, um, I, I just know myself well enough. If we get close, <laughs> yeah. if we get close, there's going to be a there's going to be a heavy run towards the end, and um, we'll try and cap it off. But it's taken some the, of the uh, hard thing is what like caribou. They have five different species of caribou. Yeah. If you want to do the the list, which take you to five cool areas of the country, there's Labrador and Barren Ground and you know mountain and there's anyway there's there's all these different kinds and so some of it's kind of funny you end up a lot of them are very similar so there's a little bit of a funny stuff with it but there's also a great variety we've done some of the hardest ones with the sheep though i mean that's kind of the 
the top. Yeah, you know? the only sheep that John and I haven't killed yet is uh, Rocky Mountain Bighorn. We're both mm-hmm. sitting on a three-quarter slam right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as hunting outside of North America, a couple years ago we did talk real serious about doing uh, Tajikistan, Marco Polo hunt, and Ibex. And we actually have a deposit down for a trip over there for that. We pulled back a little bit, and it's, it's all still there if we want to pick it back up. Um, yeah, my, the, my first thoughts on doing something like that at that level is you've got to be physically, mentally, and financially in a spot where you can, you can be out of country somewhere that far away and, you know, handle it. You could... This wasn't a plan. This trip wasn't planned to be as long as it turned no, out to be. No, that trip would be planned to be a long. I mean, it yeah. just takes you. It takes you probably. What does it take four or five days just to get there? So you've got. Yeah. You pretty much got ten days of travel going there and back with zero hunting days. So, you say you just hunt for a week. You're you're looking at seventeen days. What this is and this was not necessarily planned. Yeah. But um, it can it can add up quick. There's. Um. It what 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 things stick out? Well, you've got you've got a you love hunting elk. You know, yeah, I'm, it seems like uh, I guess both of us, but maybe me a little bit more because I've yeah. got a, I've got a good spot at home that I really love hunting an hour an hour and a half from from home where I live here in Bellingham. But um, big old Rosies, big Roosevelt elk, and um, that's going to be my next hunt. That starts in three weeks. And, yeah, that's uh, coming up September first. So yep. that's my next one. What's yours? Well, I want to come up on. I think I'm coming up on that on uh, around the twelfth. Uh, might actually bring bring the wife up, and it's it's kind of cool. Like you said, it's so close to home. You can you can hunt mornings and evenings, and and, and run around, and and you know I've been gone a lot, so it'd be fun to do something with her. And so I want to come up for that. Um, got always kicking around deer. I'm a I love mule deer. Uh, I think Ben leans towards elk. I, I like hunting all. You know, there's not anything that I uh, I don't know that I that I don't like hunting, but um, as far as big game goes, but I love mule deer, so I'm always poking around for mule deer opportunities. I apply in piles of states. Um, uh, I'm helping on going on your hunt. I'm also helping my uncle drew a killer tag in Oregon. Um, I'll be doing that. That's right before the AG Cup, so that's going to be tough. You know, on the shooting side, I, I'm going to go straight from that. I'm going to be up there scouting and hunting with him. I'll be setting the gun up and helping him with that. And so I'm, I'm not going to have any practice or anything go straight into the AG Cup. So that's a little bit I – was, I was like, man, the schedule-wise is going to get busy. But I'm excited to come up. I've, I've been up hunting that tag with you, uh, and I just haven't seen the elk. It seems like they always hit rut, you know, get rut and heavy yeah, after I leave. It's been a week or two. After. Yeah, it's always <laughs> been a week or two before is what it's lined up to be. And you got to nail it, too. With the, yeah, you got a little window. Um, so hopefully we can we can get John and Monica up here both for for that uh, that deal. It's usually a quick deal, just a day, just a day or two. Um, sometimes a little bit longer, but yeah. So that'll be cool. Um, potentially, what's the Alberta? Yeah, we're looking at uh, Canadian moose in Alberta, and that's coming up fairly quick. End that's of September. End of September. So. Yeah, that will be that. So it's, it's kind of weird to talk about things while you're just kept, you're like I got to get home and get stuff straight. Like I was canceling, I was supposed to be flying over to Montana for that match. I was on the phone canceling flights and non-refundable flights, so I'm canceling flights and talking to guys. No hotel, no camping, whatever. Um, sorry, I'm going to miss it 
just you know getting life caught up we're behind we went long so yeah this trip, kinda, was, this we trip ta- was double double yeah. double the length of, of what it was supposed to be but yeah it was it was it was fun but it's it's right it's kind of we're talking about leave it on a bit kind of against like you got i got a pretty good fix like i, I love being out there but I, I got to be honest, I do like a little civilization. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my yeah. family, too, so it'll be fun to see them. This one, for sure, 17 days. You know, to me, it's one of the things that I know you and I have done forever, our whole, you know, our yeah. whole life, basically. When we're hunting, it's, you know, you're looking for that one setting, that one little, yeah. that scene that lines up, you know, just like what we described, where, mind, you yeah. know, you've got this spot where, you know, you've got the tag in hand, you've got your rifle and, you know, everything kind of comes together. Yeah. And in this case, I mean, we worked the longest to put that picture together to pull off that one shot. And that's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, no regrets putting the time, energy and money into this, doing this. Um, but that was, this was a hard earned one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is there, is there anything that sticks out back to that question of just, is there something that really is in your mind or is it any major, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the, my biggest bucket list, I just went on one. So it's, I always like, you know, looking for the tags and mule deer and elk, but is there, do you have an animal that's just Oh, on my bucket list yeah, for big stuff? Anything particular that really, uh, you've done a lot of it. We, yeah, so. and we, John and I have. We've pulled off a lot of this, and I, I don't know if I've told anybody this before, but a lot of this, a lot of these trips, I would not do solo. Um, John and I go back all the way into the early 80s, um, growing up and hunting together. So I don't have a lot of interest doing some of these trips, hunts, and adventures on my own. It's it's a, a whole lot more fun to do it with somebody that you've got a huge history with. Um, yeah. That holds a ton of value to me, and, and I enjoy stacking on to that. Yeah. So as far as what's next, you know, we, we have banged through a ton of these. Um, some of them are fun enough where we've done some repeats. This was one of them. You know, we've already got both. We've got stunning stone sheep. It, yeah. was, it was awesome to add another one. Yeah. But um, a big bucket list for me down the road would be high Altai Argali sheep over <laughs> in Mongolia. Heck yeah. Um, Those are the biggest, the biggest to, sheep species in the world. Yeah. We're going to have to start a GoFundMe page <laughs> for that one. Um, if you guys are curious, you can look it up. We're not going to tell you how much yeah, they cost. They look, like, um, they look like dinosaurs with horns. It's unreal. Um, just an incredible deal. <laughs> yeah. At, Mongolia is one of the most just incredible places that you could hunt. Um, it's it's pretty high up on most guys' lists that, that are that you, are really, really yeah. pushing it. You've talked about that f- for quite a while now. Like yeah. that's it's years go you know go down to sheep show talking with the guys that that seems like one that comes up um over and over so i have no doubt you'll pull it off at some yeah, point at some point there you know the, the text message is going to go out but you know <laughs> that trip's coming together um that will be a very interesting podcast but you know those i, I don't know the time on those trips those are those are weeks and weeks i believe I, and then you'd probably want to loop together a couple other species you know yeah. if you're taking the time to go over there yeah some some things are, I think ibex would be is, is, I didn't used to be as interested as I'm, uh, in them as I am now I think that some of the terrain there is pretty awesome uh, Dagestan tur I guess is an incredible hunt um, that's actually a relatively affordable pretty hunt affordable, in, yeah. the, in the sheep world um, and guys say it's it's a good amount of hunting you could ever get um, 
and that that sounds you know pretty interesting they're they're a unique looking animal i think ibex are a lot cooler looking but tur are pretty interesting so one of the guys we were with just got back he literally the day we got into town before he left he flew in the night before from there hunting tur so he had been jet lagged and was anyway it was we just got kind of got his stories too that was cool yeah um Turkey, I think Turkey's another spot, a yeah. bucket list spot. There, we've, we know some guys that, that outfit over there, two brothers um, in mm-hmm. Turkey, and that would be a, a, pretty, a pretty neat spot, I think, to go to. And that's, that's, that's a little bit less severe of a hunt. Um, I think that's one you could probably bring Monica on and yeah, uh, she could have come a hunting to, vacation. Yeah, like a base. You're, you're actually more actually in kind of a lodge uh, setting where you're staying at night and then you're day hunting. So she, I don't know that she would come up hunting, but it's as far as I think it's kind of some of the down lower is wine country and kind of interesting, you know. I, I'd have to look into it more, but, yeah, it definitely sounds like a – it looks pretty unreal, and they kill some absolutely giant ibex over there. So part of this stuff is animals are cool. You know, big animals are, are interesting because they're older. They're more challenging. It's just the whole, like, as far as, the, it's an interesting thing. Like, as far as score, like, that, some of those rams we saw were great-looking rams that you would shot if they were 10 with yeah. the same look. Yep. But you don't because they're young. So it's not just about the score. It's about the age. It's fun to hunt those older animals. It's fun to get big headgear and big antlers and big horns. Uh, but it's also fun to get those older animals. And some of those, you know, some of those big older animals over there are super cool. And it takes you to locations that you'd never go. Like I would never end up in these, the, the territories or some of the places in Mexico or some of these locations. You wouldn't, you wouldn't end up on Tiburon Island in Mexico for no. any other reason except for hunting. Yeah. There's no reason to go there. And you get there and you experience these storms that blow in and these mountains and, desert tortoises and you know the, just all the, the the different things you experience it makes it super fun and the same with this hunt you get into areas you never see most guys not a lot of people have been in there it's 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 a it's, yeah. a, it's this, awesome this one spot was, was really really remote yeah you know, incredibly you see, remote you see these waterfalls and these glaciers and if they were by any kind of accessibility they'd be like a park or a major there, tourist attraction there'd be yeah. a whole pot hundreds and thousands of people going there to look at it and you're the only one there and it feels it's uh, some of that stuff to me is not to get too sappy or whatever, but it is a cool feeling when you're out there and you're setting these areas that are as good as it gets. And you're like, man, there's, there's not only a handful of people in here. It's, yep. That's a cool feeling. So, yeah. They're kind of untouched. Yeah. So, um, we got to, <laughs> we're pushing two hours here. So okay. if you stuck with, if you stuck with us, uh, thank you. Uh, if you, I know this is out of the, out of the norm for these podcasts, we'll be back to our, uh, more shooting and, and nerdy talk, Jake and I. So it'll be fun to get back to some of that, but I love sharing with you. And we'll probably, depending on the feedback, I mean, we can always throw these out with you know, these different hunts we go on. If you guys don't like them, you don't have to listen to them. It's easy to skip it and we'll get back to the regular shooting stuff. But I think we'll probably keep doing these. We got a lot of positive messages from people and I know there's a lot of guys that hunt. So um, quickly, there was a ton of gear questions. Let's hit it super fast. What we, I know we talked about a little bit through there. I wished I would have brought puffy pants, which are like an insulated pant, either down or synthetic. You can pull on at night, pull on in camp. I didn't bring those. I should have. Um, I had the first time I've brought Crocs. I love wearing those stupid shoes. They were great to have in camp. Um, uh, Luco tape. It's this tape that you can stick on your feet. Um, it's a medical tape. It's, I think it's spelled L U E K O. Uh, you get it on Amazon. Uh, you can stick on your feet. Ben messed up his thumb. I, I don't know when he yeah, fell Yeah, I ripped, or I ripped my thumbnail like half off, and, and that tape just just bolted that sucker right back down and got right through forever. it. It sticks forever. Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, I was that was really impressive stuff. 
That's cool. Um, anything? What? Anything for you mentioned? I'm uh, trying to think for me for gear. Um, tent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A, we covered definitely the tent. And it's funny because I've got I've got three brand new tents. Yeah, and a couple of Hillebergs and uh, and another bigger uh, big Agnes tent. But um, on this one, I think just rotating gear like I did, I was pretty happy with it. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get wet. You need to be able to shed that off, throw something else, you know, a base layer on that's dry underneath if you can. Just keep rolling that around, um, mm-hmm. you know, and mix it up with uh, – I had a little bit of down but more synthetic Yeah. for this trip. But um, this was a different one for me. It's, it's, I've never hunted this long, this wet, and I was I was honestly – fairly comfortable most yeah. of most of the time yeah yeah no it was good i think i i didn't bring i didn't bring i brought thin gloves we were on the verge of i don't know we we're pretty active so your hands stay warm but if you were setting up a glass in some of those times where we were hiking you would have got pretty cold so gloves yeah. we're kind of on the it's august so you're not expecting cold weather but you know we got that snow mix and i was pretty cold a couple of those days yeah i had a pair of sitka just those light tan leather sitka you know the gloves that have been yeah. out for quite a while I wore right through a pair of those, a fairly new pair. Just wore right through them. They're almost fingerless at this point, yeah. just from just all from the, the two weeks up there. And all this stuff. Yeah, and guys, if you are doing a, a horseback hunt, I mean, you are going to go through some gear. Um, we went through what a handful of clothes got wiped yeah. out. Um, yeah, it's you, tough on your boots. It's real tough on the boots. And then um, your gun, your your gun gear, your spotters, everything is going to get extra beat up. There will be a yeah. few things that I toss after, you know, when I get home. Yeah. Um, my gun case is one, but I guess that was porcupines that ate, yeah, ate the whole outside. That's true. Porcupines ate through a guide pack, one of the guide's packs, and they were, they caused some damage. That was, yeah, I guess if, you, again, back to the boots, your, your boots will be fine if the trails are cut. But when you're dragging these big pines, like I was trying to figure out why the rand, the rubber rand on the bottom of my boot was getting pulled off my toe from the top. And then I realized, oh, every time I go over, it pulls my feet back and just grinds along that edge. So I... And then the shale chews up boots quick. Like I got a, those Los Portivas were awesome, but I beat those things up bad. Yeah. Um, we both use uh, what the Thermarest Neo Air. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. Those great pads. Those have been going good forever. Tent selection. Just try to judge the weather and take room. Have enough room to be able to move and not touch the walls if you can. Um, I think at this point, Hilleberg Hilleberg's putting out a pretty good product. Yeah. Um, Hilleberg's are awesome. Some I don't know what the other guys were using out there. North Man, if Face. you were horseback a lot, dude, a floorless shelter except for the spiders. Um, ben got bit. The other guy got bit. Yeah, two, <laughs> right two, in the same spot. Yeah, two two spider bites <laughs> on our left hand um, on on like night two, I think, just right yeah. out of the gate. Mine was pretty wicked. But if you if you flew in one of those or not flew in, if you rode in one of those teepees with those collapsible wood stoves, that would be a good way to dry out. So, yeah. but anyway, that's different topic. I think gear was. Gear was good. We covered the guns. We covered all that stuff. Um, you know, take a good spotter. Take good binos. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a good stove. I had a uh, I had a little dragonfly stove that uh, was an MSR dragonfly. When the wind blows, it, it, it or it's an awesome stove. I like it, but you lose you definitely lose some efficiency. You can get some of those other stoves that have either windscreens or uh, conductors. Uh, I can't remember the one I'm thinking of right now, but there's a handful of them. So pick your stove wisely. Um, uh, take wet wipes; they're awesome. They keep you clean. Yeah, that's you, true. You yeah, can uh, wet, wipe wet wipes. <laughs> wet wipes are are key out there. You know, the, most of the guides up there. That's kind of a 
a solid go-to for them. Yeah, um, you don't shower forever, so you can yeah you, you can stay nice and clean with those bad boys. So and if you are going on a guided trip, bring some extras for the guys that are up there for the entire season too. Um, yeah. They're not going to turn you down. Yeah, take a take a take a pack cover. I stopped by REI and grabbed a, some Osprey pack cover and ended up leaving up there. That guy's he was one of the guys was missing one and happily left it for him. And uh, it keeps your helps keep stuff dry. Just oh, one other thing I was gonna uh, the the Coltac um, uh, rifle scabbard. You guys know that from the comp side. Thing was awesome for for the gun. I, I threw the gun the scabbard, but when you ride and it got super condensation from the like horse sweat as you, you know rain and and horse moisture <laughs> everything was getting rusty and so I, I pulled that sucker out and it kept the condensation off when you're riding i just jammed it and wrapped the gun up jammed it in the scabbard with it on went was in my pack that thing was awesome it doesn't weigh much definitely definitely will be taking that on all my hunting pe- hunt trips from now on so that coltac uh ranger cover was it was a was awesome um in reach was awesome i love the i had a synthetic puffy jacket i was in a jam my buddy had one a night from brian and he goes here take this one and i love that um, I spilled some sardine on the inside of it, so it stinks like fish. So I'll probably just keep it. Get you something else. So thanks, Brian. Oh um, I don't know if there. I think we covered everything. We're, yeah, I we're, think so. We're two hours anyway. So appreciate you guys keeping in touch. What's up there, Matt Comet and uh, yeah. Vern Olson? Yep. Shout out to you guys. Thanks so much for uh, for the encouragement on the hill. That yeah. that means quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Good good, good guys at home. Stay in touch. So. Always uh, appreciate you guys. Um, this is episode nine and three quarter, and uh, we'll be back next uh, later with ten, and we'll get back on a regular pro- uh, program schedule or whatever you want to call it. So, anyway, thanks again, and we'll catch you guys next time. Later. <laughs>